Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how Shakira can speak seven languages. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Hey. Matt Polly. And together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Was that like Spanish yodeling? No, that's kind of what Shakira does. Her, her breasts are small and humble in every language. Wait, what? Excuse Wait. me? That's like the the line in her song. Is it? Even though my breasts are small and humble. <laughs> you never heard that? No. It's the best. That's well, <laughs> I uh, we have a hashtag now. I don't so. think I've ever heard a Shakira song, actually, in, in full. Or nor have I paid attention to a Shakira song. Who here is shocked that Michael knows lyrics to a Shakira song? Hey, I'm Show of hands. No. Nobody? Gonna, gonna, okay. gonna yuck you can blame my I'm going to yuck that. your yum on that one. No, yeah, that's my wife. That's how I know it. Yeah, uh-huh. so. right. No, seriously. Uh-huh. No, seriously. Literally nobody believes that. That's fine. Go ahead. You can believe I, your lies. I don't. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a huge Shakira fan, but uh, she can speak seven languages. That's impressive, actually. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean. Is that called a polyglot? Is that what that's called? Somebody that can speak like just multiple, multiple languages? Yes. What, Michael? Yes, it it's I a polyglot. Know. I was waiting for an answer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that. Hey, 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 Imperial Saison Ale with fresh Meyer lemon and aged in gin barrels. Dude, it is. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Really good. good. Yeah, that's uh, mm. man. They're I. They just don't. You know, I met. Uh, I work with a guy that God doesn't that like just... tax man that much. Well, fuck him. What? <laughs> well, I didn't say. That Agree. I, I like the guy, but Se- I second that. Motion. Well, he doesn't like life. But I was like, <laughs> that's a fair point. I said, well, I, I just saw. I was like, look. It's Belgian. You, you have to enjoy Belgians, or you're not gonna like Tax Man. So, because they are, it's it's exclusively Belgian. So I hate oh my God, so much about the things that you choose to be about. Dude, the malt on the back end of that, like you get like the citrus. Yeah, and yeah, then there's like a malt, malt mm-hmm. back. Jeez, that is ridiculously that's crazy good. good. And later on, uh, I drink Suntory whiskey, Japanese. Oh, whiskey. that's oh, uh, and later on. I drink Suntory whiskey oh, and yeah, Old Hamer. From West Fork Whiskey in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is the, an Indiana bourbon. You've got to find this shit. Dude, man. I mean, we tried it last night. We went to a <clears throat> tasting dinner mm-hmm. uh, that they did at our local awesome restaurant, 21 North in Martinsville. Um, and it was five courses, and each course had a cocktail with this. But we got a pour of this beforehand. They're, the cask strength. And it's 58% alcohol. And I'm telling you right now, it is the smoothest. Is that the cask strength? Yeah. Or did you get the... No, we got the okay. cask strength. 58.9%. It is, it, it is only... What was that? How much was that bottle? 38 bucks? Yeah. For, For a cask strength, mm-hmm. a small batch cask strength bourbon, it, that is insanely cheap. Yep. 
and it's a it's a recipe from 1825 dude and so we found out the i was like man this has to have a lot of corn in it and the the guy that was there from west fort because it's really sweet mm-hmm. it's very caramel forward like and by law how much corn does a bourbon at have least 50 percent. there you go no 51 percent mm-hmm. uh it's 99 percent corn, corn. Indiana, indiana corn, indiana corn. And, and then the, the it's one percent malted barley um and dude it is you, gotta, phenomenal. you can fetishize this stuff, i could man. not I mean, believe how is, good it was like yeah. i i was expecting it to just be yeah you know it's okay it As, was it is maybe my favorite sipping bourbon right now yeah, yeah no it's joke. really good and i'm not just saying that because i'm a homer like yeah. it is that good if you can get your hands on that it's called old hamer it's from an old 1800s Indiana bourbon recipe. 1825, according to this. Established 1825. From Lawrence County, which is just an hour south of us. Um, Man, it's fantastic. So, yeah, if you can get your hands on that. The Hamer family operated a mill in Lawrence County distilling excess corn and selling it to whiskey lovers as far south as New Orleans. Prohibition killed the distillery. Yep. So they've resurrected it. It's it's fantastic. Video killed the radio Well, they aged it for, what, three years at least? Yeah, about three years, which is not a lot. No. And so you would think, oh, it's going to be harsh. Man, it is not. Phenomenal. Could not believe how good it was. Get it. Yep. So. And the fetishizing of this bourbon brought to you by. This is Matt Ben. There we go. Uh, and the Centauri whiskey. It, the Centauri is basically a. Uh, it's a scotch. It's a space. It tastes scotch. like a space side scotch. It's so good. it yeah. has like a uh, a little bit of peat and smoke, not much, but then it has like yeah. a really heavy, like a honey mm-hmm. flavor to it. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Do you feel like you're turning Japanese now? <laughs> I do indeed. Yes, indeed, so. I do. <laughs> Boy, don't I ever. <laughs> This racism brought to you by. And I don't feel the suck so much. <laughs> and how? Yeah. All right. Um, this round is on the Pastors Pub. Uh, Thanks, y'all. If you'd like to buy us around, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. You will get access to our spinoff podcast. Matt is doing a series. Um, yep. Yep. So we're doing that. And I forgot well, to put up the, fir- the last two I did aren't part Our of the series. Our one offs. But there's a new series. Believe it or not, yeah. Brad's actually working on a few things yeah. now, finally. Yeah. The, uh, the series is called uh, Enjoying Your Skin Suit. Mmm. Kinky. No. It's, it's a little creepy. Not. <laughs> It puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. It's it's, it's Matt just singing a cover of "Your Body Is a Wonderland." Hi, this is your it body is. Is Hi, skin this is suit. Buffalo Bill back with your PCC your body episode. Is skin suit. <laughs> it's not no. Okay, it um, is about the body. It's about the material, the flesh, the material, the world. Yeah. yeah so. I got gotcha. you. Stop watching R-rated movies. That's his whole uh, premise. No more mm-hmm. R-rated movies. <laughs> PG-13. Cancel your Skinamax subscription. It's well, not good gonna, for you. <laughs> no more you MTV. You've got to blast rope through the scrambler like a good every good Christian does. <laughs> blast. <laughs> well. Uh, righty. Well, I, uh, I thought we had a hashtag, but now we do. All right. Uh, so... Um, Anyway, if you uh, support us on patreon.com slash pastors podcast, you will get access to the pastors pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week. Uh, low fat avocados. Apparently it's Ew, a thing. No, because that's the what? best part of an avocado. The fat part? But it's good fat. Why would you not just eat an avocado? I don't know. Ask, it's not bad. Oh, that's Kevin McDougal. <laughs> he tried it. Who? Old Mickey Dugs. Mickey Dugs. <laughs> Kevin McDougs. My, my, my Mickey and the Dugs. <laughs> Um, speak, speaking of uh, McDiggs, uh, a vegan tells meat eater they're a pro- 
appropriating veganism by this. eating Man. tofu. Ugh. So I, when you I, ate like, that I, impossible burger. In case burger, you're wondering, liberal, liberalism has jumped the shark, yeah. kids. Yeah, when you ate that impossible burger. Totally. Impossible Slider at White Castle. You were. Dude, I kind of want to try the Impossible culture. Whopper at Burger King. Oh, I would definitely kind of want to try it. So once I'm off Whole Thirty, that's happening. What are we doing tonight? Let's go tonight. No, I'm on Whole Thirty. I can't do it tonight. I already had Taco oh, Bell. Fuck your Whole Thirty. Let's go get an Impossible. Burger. Oh, really? I pre-gamed it. Taco Bell. That's great. Yes. Fuck your 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 uh, attempts to get healthy. Yeah, let's do that. That's what pills are for. Can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love. Why, why show self-discipline when you can eat a Lipitor? Got it. <laughs> God. It reminds me, I had to call my doctor and get a read uh, re- on my that's prescription. Really fantastic. Can, I, can we just talk about Matt wearing a sleeveless shirt? <laughs> it, Dude, is, it is something I, to behold. I am so. He's really exposing the guns. I'm literally like, I'm so tired of being like hot all the time, man. Like, I know it's such a struggle to be this guns out, shapeless guns out. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> no, man, I've got like factory muscle. <laughs> I by the way, I intentionally wore this shirt just so you would bring it up. Like, uh, I, I didn't even think about it till right I now. Would, like I, I had to change shirts because I, I I'm so tired of going outside for ten minutes and coming it's inside so and reeking of body odor. I'm so fucking tired it's of deodorant, bro. I put it on. It doesn't do any good. Did you hear that on Disney God. Plus? On Disney Plus, they're doing a remodel of Lady and the Tramp and a remodel they, a, a remake of. A, Lady a, a gritty reboot. Yeah, of... a gritty reboot. But here's what they're going to do. They just announced this today. Lady Eats the Tramp? They're going to... They've cast um, Matt's arms as the noodles. <laughs> Boy. I'll tell you what, man. He, he, <laughs> like, if you... <laughs> you know what I love about, what I love about that is he creates this entire scenario in his head. Just to get to that, he never does anything halfway. Just to get I know, to just that, to get is, to that joke. That never, is, yeah, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'm a brilliant. Yeah, I'm not even gonna come back to that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, right. just just for the sheer dedication. I to thought it. there was actually a reboot. No, of he, 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 no they are they are doing a reboot. That the the fact that I, it's just it, it really is like in his brain. <laughs> That came together in the moment. It mo- all like, just came together. In that moment. Yeah. Like, oh. it happened in real time. Dude, your neural connections oh, just never cease to amaze It's just amazing. It's so fucked, It man. is absolutely incredible. Um, also, eat my dick, all right? A <laughs> <laughs> little salty. No, stop. I, Enough. See, I, Move that's, on. That's my fault. What are we doing? I'm Ginger sorry. Mustard. That's my fault. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> I'll punch myself. That's my fault. All right. Uh, we talked about favorite comfort meals. Do you guys have a favorite Ooh. comfort oh, meal? Oh, man. Comfort meal. I don't it's not think... my favorite meal, but favorite comfort meal, right? Is that yeah, what we're yeah. talking about? I mean, it might be your favorite meal. Probably meatloaf, mashed potatoes. See, that was exactly what I did. Yeah. Uh, here's what's the weird. Same thing. Here's what's weird. My mom makes great meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Hated it when I was a kid. Now, love meatloaf. And Beth makes mom's recipe. And I do too, but I I bastardize like, it. Whenever, I kill meatloaf. I, I've killed the meatloaf. You've had you have good meatloaf. <laughs> um, but I do yours. I use hers as like a base. Yeah, recipe for. But it. like, whenever I hear oh we're having meatloaf, I was like oh we're having meatloaf. But yeah. then I have it. And it's like. Oh, it, yeah, so I, what I like to I do, need, I need meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and corn, corn, and I green want, beans. I mix like it that. all together. I want, it's I want like a bite no, of everything. See, I don't do that. I mix the corn like with the mashed potatoes, and I want a bite with everything. Meatloaf is a very good comfort meal. Man. It is because it, it, it. I don't it know just why it's like a brick in your stomach. But there's meatloaf also like and mashed potatoes. It feels like every every kid grew up with meatloaf. And yeah. so is there a second side with the mashed potatoes? Corn or green beans? Yep. 
Uh, yeah. Broccoli's Pork okay. I'm okay with broccoli. I don't. I mean, that's fine, but it's not one for me. With broccoli's that. one of my favorite vegetables. I do like. Yeah, I used to hate. I like broccoli. broccoli with steak for some reason. Oh, yeah. me too. Anytime Steam like steamed broccoli yeah. with steak. Oh, it's, fuck me in the yeah, face, man. That yeah. shit. <laughs> Hi, Jude. Well, oh, whoops. Hey, Jude. <laughs> hey, Jude. Fuck your dad in the face. Hey, Jude. <laughs> Don't do you say shut <laughs> up? Said, hey, Jude, Jude just said, Jude just shut, said shut up. up. That's great. Hey, guys, you can go outside, all right? Jude, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're forced to play outside with other kids. Oh, man. Uh. Autism's fantastic. Hey, hey uh, a certain um, park ranger who shall can't go unnamed <laughs> just for you know protecting people in the pub. Um it's posting pictures of bears having sex. Did he see these? I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't what? dive that far into it. Okay, there's three kids in here now. There so are now three kids. Yeah. <laughs> hi, kids. Hi, kids. Work. You guys want to say hi? No. Oh. All right. Good talk. Yeah. You guys need to go outside, okay? Please. Jude. Jude has to say something. Say he wants to say, okay, Jude, Jude, say something. Shut up. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, great man. I love him. He's the best. Is I do. He, is that where we landed? We on still there? have a straggler child, and yeah. we have unknown provenance. I don't know who this person is. Who's she, playing with? She lives her, down the street. She's playing with toys. Hey, Layla, sweetie, you go outside. All right, Layla. That's yeah. She has a brother named Axel. <clears throat> <laughs> it's like sorry. <laughs> mm. All right. Anyway, I, I, by the way, okay. So, um, a new game of uh, fuck Mary kill in the pub. Oh, God, what was it this are time? You, are you ready? Oh no! I heard, no, don't even mention this. No, no we don't. gotta do it. We gotta nope. do it. We gotta do it. We gotta no, this what literal, are we doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Mary more kill. blasphemous than Donald Trump. No. God, no. no I don't God, think we Jesus, have and the Holy do. Spirit. No. See, no. I'm not playing this game. Nope. Brad, will you play? Nope. 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 I've got to draw a line somewhere, and I'm drawing it right there. That's where I'm drawing it. And everybody that uh, played that game, the answer going is to hell. The, the answer is clearly fuck God, kill Jesus, and marry the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, we do it every day with our sins. Well, I he just went and plowed right on through that, didn't he? I. And when I saw it this it. week, I was like, he's going to bring that mm. up on the podcast. I'm really, really it. sad that I'm not in the. <laughs> Not on Facebook right now. Wow. I'm not drunk enough for this shit. Can we talk about the lead singer of Skillet and how he's a, how he's a giant wanker? Yeah, I saw that post. What, Who? Man? Some guy. The, well, Marty Sampson from Hillsong basically is leaving his faith. Be, because why not? Who I gives mean, a shit? I know. No, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, Who gives and of a course, shit? the guy from Skillet, lead singer from Skillet, had an opinion and had to post it. Oh, is and Skillet still a thing? I don't, apparently. I had no idea. Skillet has a ring around. has a ring around it. You can't even see it with yeah, your Yeah, you can eyes. with a fucking telescope. <laughs> Fuck that guy, man. Yeah. John Cooper, I think is his They're name. They're leaving their faith for a fucking reason, yeah. you asshole. If your, faith was, like if your faith was worth anything keep, to keep, people would keep it. Move on. Uh. Yeah, so wanker. I'm, I'm I'm tired of quote unquote Christian celebrities. Like I couldn't give a shit. Who cares? I uh, who gives a shit? What's a lead singer of Skillet? Yeah. I know. Who Christians cares? do, man? No, like, they don't. I hear they're going on tour with Rebecca St. James. <laughs> <laughs> She's still alive. 
Yeah, she's alive. She's the poor, her, man, poor man's Amy Grant. <laughs> she, uh, her brothers are in like a Christian band now. Skillet is the poor man. They're fake Australians. it on. <laughs> Skillet is the poor man's what? <laughs> Evanescence. Are they? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you ready for Gary Busey? Yeah. Can we explain this to people that might be new listeners? <laughs> so, uh, meditating with Gary Busey is we. Just, I just go and find a random tweet from Gary Busey, and uh, we we meditate on that for the week. It's your assignment. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. What are you doing? God damn it. Turn off no, Evanescence. Nobody wants to hear Evanescence. You don't hear the guy from 12 Stones? What? That's the guy in here. 12 Stones. Who's that? I own that album at one point. That guy. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, 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 could, I could do that. Save me! <laughs> He's the poor man's Chester Bennington. Yeah, that's R. I. really what it is. Yeah. All right. Chester Bennington oh is dead to me. Um, well, He's dead. I, Re- I mean, I prefer Remy's uh, Zero's uh, "Save Me" over that. I don't know who that is. Anyway, what? Nah, somebody will hear it. Is that the guy from? Uh, that's the guy from. Wait, uh, Remy Zero? It's a band. <laughs> that's the guy that, that played. That's the guy that play, No, that's the guy that played Freddie Mercury in. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> wrong. Remy. <laughs> Ray, Remy wrong Zero isn't that on the Garden State soundtrack? Uh, I think Save Me. I don't know. Who cares? Well, the, the, the Garden State soundtrack is the most douchey. You know what? The, that movie, the reason I listen to that movie is the douchiest movie it's in history. Fine. I will die on this it's hill. It's fine. It's terrible. Michael and I played a clip at Sanctuary one time. God, the scene. <laughs> they lost me on the scene where they scream into the void. We had, that, that was the scene. That was the show. Yeah, I know it is. I'm sure. Because every Christian creamed themselves uh-huh. in that scene. Yeah. I was sitting there going, oh, God. Just like every Christian on. creamed themselves like, about the Matrix. Creamed into the void? Yeah. Oh God, Jesus God. Michael! What? What about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit? F- Stop it! MK? Stop it! All right, what are we doing? Uh, oh, God, say, basic, Gary yeah. Busey. Here we go. Anyway, right. Gary Busey is a lunatic. So we and <laughs> his just, tweets are insane. But he's fantastic. But he's fantastic. He's good fun. So meditate to this. This one has some hashtags. I don't crash parties. I'm always invited, whether you like me or not. Hashtag Memorial Day. Hashtag Happy Memorial Day Weekend. Hashtag Memorial Day Weekend 2019. <laughs> Hashtag Memorial Weekend. Hashtag Buseyisms. <laughs> this has been Meditating with Gary Busey. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Those hashtags, he covered them all. It just keeps going, man. Buseyisms. I laughed so hard when I saw it. Oh, God, he is a national treasure. Yeah, he that really coke is. That coke-addled brain of yep. his is uh, something to behold. Yep. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Whoops. Nope. The wrong one again. <laughs> wrong one. God From it. Champagne. That's a great song, though. It's a great song by Sinatra, too, by the way. You're listening to Look on the Bright Side with Mr. Brightside himself, Matt Pollock. Hi, everybody. Always look on the light side of life. All right, what do you got? One. You got one? Uh, medical technology. Yeah. Uh, our mom got a new knee today. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, it, as if that's not crazy enough on its own. It took him an hour. He We, from the time that they started the surgery, which they have a board at the hospital that tells you the exact time they started the surgery. Oh, like the Domino's app? Yes. Except for knees. <laughs> we'll deliver your mother in <laughs> 1.5 hours. That's so great. Um, (laughs) 
She's here. Doctor is cutting your mom. Um, so, but from she's hot and ready. But seriously, <laughs> Jesus fucking Michael. God damn it! God, See, you are you the fine. You are fine, and then you ruined it. You're the worst person on earth. You're the worst person on earth. So, like. She got her her knee like was beyond screwed. Like oh, we were she's talking, she's been in pain for a long time. So from the t- but it was literally an hour from the time they started surgery till we were meeting with the surgeon. Mm-hmm. She was still getting sewn up and all that, but the surgeon himself had replaced her knee in less than an hour. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like incredible. the fact that they can put fake stuff, a, a bunch of metal in my mom's knee, and it's a new knee. Yeah. And by the way, it was so bad that like he said the entire right side of her knee had like con- had, con- had caved in, essentially. Mama and mom has we think it's because of her feet. She has she high has terrible arches, feet and terrible always, feet. <clears throat> and so probably, she's had to compensate. Yeah, I'm probably anyway. Due but for she's doing great. So point. like for me, like the bright side is just medical technology is ridiculously incredible. It's it's amazing. Yeah. We were talking about it today, and like somebody had to conceive of this thing. Yeah, and then they had to f- develop the thing. And then they had to come up with the process to put the thing into somebody's yeah. knee. And then, I mean, the whole thing is fascinating to me. Like well, the, we were talking about the guy mm. that invented hip replacement. He did it on himself yeah. because the FDA Ooh. wouldn't approve it. Yeah. Well, the, it was a new, yeah, yeah, the new, the new way that they do it. Yeah. The guy like basically did it on himself because the FDA wouldn't approve it. And he it. conceived it. So he, he conceived of it. It's, it's astounding. It's crazy. I mean, the whole even, thing our, is, even our guest tonight's like, I mean, yeah, it's fascinating. It's, it's a scientist and that's what, that's just what they do. They go, Oh, I had an idea. There's a problem. How do we fix this problem? And then they start finding it's, ways to fix the problem. They yeah, engineer it. Scientists, it's amazing. engineers. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's fascinating. Vanilla ice of science. So <laughs> you got a problem. You all solve it. He's on a he's kind of on a roll tonight, man. Like I'm, the, you know what? I didn't know where he was going with that. But no, I knew, good. I knew. It took me, it took I me half a second. Like I got, I was like, what the what the vanilla? I, but that that's pretty good, man. Like you're kind of on a roll tonight. I know, what can I say? Michael's the vanilla ice of this podcast. He is, yeah. If they're killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Well, an idea is, man, Michael. I think I proved that with <laughs> Mountain. There you go. But no, it really is just <laughs> it's just amazing. By the way, we need, probably need to call mom later. I did. I talked to her. Oh, she did called you? me. Oh shit! She I didn't call you. God That's damn it, man. <laughs> well, that is so funny. Well, yeah, there's that. Us. I texted dad. Uh, and I was like, how's she doing? Well, then I went to the kitchen. I came back. I had a missed call from mom. I was like, what the fuck? They and were so going to start therapy tonight. She'll be did. at the hospital at noon tomorrow. So I talked to her. She had been up and walking already. She was like, it hurt like a bastard. And she I'll was bet like, almost did. passed out. But like, I'll bet it did. <clears throat> so anyway, like, yeah, she's doing fine, by the way. Oh, I'm sure she is. A little yes. bit of pain, obviously. Oh, wait, and I mean, they said within yeah. a month, she'll be as good as new. Anyway, mean, yeah, just medical technology. Send her my love. Never. No, I'm not sending no. her anything for you. you. You are the worst human being alive. God, that is my mother. She is a saint. She raised both of us. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. All right. <laughs> what What do you have, Michael? Michael, what you got? Um. So what was I going to say? Oh, so I have a couple. Um. So as I've talked about on the podcast, um. Uh, money wise, like hits keep coming. Yeah, like, yeah even this week, we've had a bad starter in our car. Really been out. something. Just the last like six terrible. months, man. Yeah, it's been it just a like. shit show. So um, then our our insurance got canceled. 
for yeah. no godforsaken reason. Uh, and then, so I got word today after two months of basically going back and forth yeah. uh, that they're going to, we're in line to reinstate it. So That's good awesome. news there. That's the bright side yep. there. Uh, a win after many, many losses. Um, and then um, more upbeat one. Uh, my son, uh, who is really, really, really into Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, just really loves it. Well, today uh, he has been playing Jurassic Park Lego. Beat the beat the game nice. Jurassic Park Lego. Is that ours that we? Um, no, oh, we, you got we, that one? we we had to we had to buy it. That was not that was like first day. I can't remember all the games that we he had let to, you guys borrow. Yeah, we've got though. a bunch. Um, but uh, anyway, so this weekend uh, we were just hanging out, and he wanted to watch uh, Back to the Future. So that was really cool. <laughs> nice. It was great to get him off of Jurassic. Well, Michael has good news. So this is for him. You got some kick-ass shit. There you go, buddy. Another another good thing uh, is that I found out that Matt, you don't know this, but okay, so Diggory and my youngest son, no, Miles. You told me. Oh yeah, that's right. Go yeah. to the same school now, the same elementary yeah. school. And Diggory, we found out Diggory has been telling his friends at school that Miles is his cousin. Yeah. Because well, Diggory first of Brad and I is so, Uncle Matt and Uncle Brad. It's so great. It's so great. And man. I embrace it 100%. Yeah. Miles is like, oh, and I was like, just, it's fine, dude. Just say, yeah, we're, we're cousins. Who <laughs> well, cares? Even, uh, even Erevis, when you guys were up, this, we had a, a little get together this yeah. weekend at my house. She was even like different. Yeah. Like just more open yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the word whatever the word is like like you could talk to her and she would respond to you as opposed yeah. to like ignoring you yeah, <laughs> which is what she generally sure. yeah. does and crawling into her crawling up under her mom's lap yeah so, for sure um yeah it's just it's i mean i think the moral of the story is we love each other's kids yeah. like and and each other's families like they're yeah. important to us so we, that's, hung, we hung out a couple times yeah. in the past week yeah well that, and that's Outside my of the podcast that's my bright side is that like like we had the three of us had dinner last night at 21 north at the, um, it was a pairing dinner, and we've done that twice. It's the second time we've done one. Yeah, um, both of them have been fantastic. The first one was Great Lakes Brewing Company. Yeah, I think, which yeah. was great. It was too. good. Yeah, and not nearly as boozy, dude. Yes. I was oh, fucked dude. last night, dude. <laughs> Three drinks and I. Was I had like, to. Okay, just we were so well, well. So we we pregamed with the Old Hamer, which is a fifty-eight percent alcohol yeah. bourbon beforehand, and it was a healthy pour. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And yeah. so that was dumb, first of all. So we did that. Straight, not on the rocks. Straight. Yeah. And then uh, and then everyone had a small, a pretty small cocktail, but still, it's a cocktail. Well, with, the first one all was, featured Old Hammer whiskey. The first one was an Old Fashioned. Yeah. Which, no, no, the, the first one, one was Dogfather, but the second was an Old Fashioned. But so anyway. Both of those were So after the second one, I was literally like starting yeah. to get kind of cross-eyed. And I li- yeah. at least I had, I was telling Mandy later, I was like, it, I had the wherewithal to go, okay, I can't drink anymore. Yeah. Like, I will yeah. literally not make it out of here. Yeah. yeah. And so I only took one sip of the last three cocktails. Well, they, oh my they, they, god! I, uh, I drink every one to the bottom. Of I drink all of them except for the last one, which had coffee, and I was like, I cannot do this to myself. I cannot be up all night. I felt fine, but they did feed us like a half a chicken. Yeah, so it was and like plus gum. There were five courses. Gumba, yeah, salad. Oh, the fucking hut. Whatever those uh, lobster lobster beignets, especially Jeez. lobster hush puppies. Dude, they were. So oh my good. gosh, I could eat a mountain of those things. <laughs> oh, everything so was fantastic. Anyway, yeah. so like we had the di- like we had the dinner last night and it was really good. And I'm thankful for it for two. Re- it's a bright spot for two reasons. One, the three of us 
like don't get to hang out a ton other than the podcast. Yeah, like we do, but we, but we. Yeah, it's always with the podcast, which is fine in itself, and it's generally with other people too. Yeah, but to, for the three of us, just to be able to spend time together is always fun. Yeah, and just it's it's just relaxing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we don't have to. We didn't have an agenda either. There wasn't no. like we got to sort out the. We next get we meeting. just get together, hang out, dick around, eat and drink together. Yeah, um, but also like when we do those dinners, things like that's provided by people that support our podcast. Yeah, and, and that's that's about the only benefit we take from this is we buy booze with it. And we do stuff like that. And so I, I want to say a thank you to our supporters who have supported us, some of them for three years now, three yeah. and a half years. Yeah. We're very grateful because we don't like, we're not the kind of people who can afford to go to 21 North to do tastings like no. that. <laughs> we don't it's make that kind of money. Not cheap. But, but for, but occasionally to do that sort of thing and to go to dinner, uh, you know, to talk about the podcast or just to be together, like, that kind of thing is very meaningful for, for me in particular, yeah. and I'm sure it is for you guys as well. So we're grateful that we get to spend time together, but we're also grateful that other people pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, I mean, seriously, like, thank you to those of us, to those of you who do support us. Like it's we're we are, we, I don't want you to, I don't want to ever think we're ungrateful. We're very, yeah. very grateful for what you, what you do to do for us. So, yep. So that's my bright spot. All right. Um, are we doing fat bastards? We had those chips. Oh, we did. Shit, where do those chips go? I don't know. Why are you looking at me? It's your house. We'll do, it, we'll do it next week. It's literally your house. I know. Why would you I ask don't me know. where they are? We'll do it next week. Who God sent them? Um, uh, Ash. Ash Glenn. Sorry, Ash, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it next week. All right. Sorry. We're going to totally forget next week, dude. Probably. Um, all right. And into the news feed. All right. Lock up your fears. Dry all your tears. Refill your fears. We're headed into the news feed. Friend of the podcast, Stephanie Rice. Hey, hey. Uh, Stephanie, red beans and rice. She sent in her cheese and rice. Her monthly, uh, what do you call that when an artist drops in and has a spot? Joint. Her a mixtape? No. It's her mixtape. No. Her monthly feature. Her monthly pop in. Her single. Her mix. Yeah, I don't know. It's usually this is the Inglorious Podcast, Inglorious Pastors Podcast. Featuring Stephanie Rice. Stephanie Rice and <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. It's that's a featuring. It She's yes. our feature. Yeah. So our feature um uh, feature contributor. News feed. Yeah. Stephanie Rice, emo correspondent Stephanie Rice. Um <laughs> sends us from Huffington Post. The Huff Liberals Post. premier shit rag. Uh person wearing TV torments Okay. Person wearing TV torments Virginia Town by leaving TVs. On porches. Have you guys seen this? No. No. Somebody what? has a hollowed out TV, puts it on their head, like old school analog TV, puts it on their head, head and then walks up to people's um, uh, doorsteps and drops off another analog TV <laughs> and leaves it there. That's, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Like that, that's either the greatest thing ever that's, or just... Utterly psychotic. That's Gary behavior. Busey level shit right yeah. there is what that is, man. That's something Gary Busey would do. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the brain that even conceives of this. I'm going like, to put a hollowed out TV, I'm gonna put on, a TV my on my head. Yeah. So they're vintage TVs. Um, and, and well, let's talk about the fact that Stephanie Rice found this. Let's talk about that fact. Like, where do you find that? This at, is such a great story. At least, okay, so this has been going on since... Uh, 
since Sunday, which would have been this article was written on the thirteenth. What day is the th- was the thirteenth? Somebody looked that up. Uh, eight days ago. So twenty first, Michael. Like last Sunday. So not thirteen. This last Sunday, so the Sunday uh, before. One, two, three, four, five. It doesn't matter. In, in, so it was the thirteenth. So thirteenth is a is a Tuesday. Okay. So in like three like days. A week. In three days, because it had been since yeah. the Sunday before. In three days, they would put these TVs on people. <laughs> Guess how many they did? How many? 60. <laughs> Where do you find 60 fucking TVs? I know, 60 old TVs. Where do you find 60 TVs at? <laughs> that so is pretty amazing. They're dressed in, in a jump sh- in a jumpsuit with a TV for a head. Uh, he squats down, puts the TV there, and walks off. I tell you what, that, that that's like joy-making is what that is. That Whoever that Although is. Although I'm not sure the people that end up with an analog TV on their porch. I don't know, man. Like, if you... Like, you can't be threatened by it, really. Like, it's a fucking TV. That's so like, awesome. Jim Brooks, Brooks Bank, who founded old tube Brooks style. Bank. Brooks Bank. Brooks Bank. Uh, Brooks found, Bank the monkey. Yeah. Brooks Bank the monkey. Uh, <laughs> Is that thing like shock the monkey? He found an old tube style 13 inch TV. Tube same. style. That was my yeah. game in high school. <laughs> tube style 13 inch. Um, <laughs> that's my Christian DJ monitor. <laughs> Um, he found a 13-inch TV, uh, old tube style. <laughs> DJ tube style. Uh, he finds the prank, quote. I play a lot of skillet. He, he finds the, the quote, uh, uh, the, the prank, quote, sort of funny, uh, unquote. Uh, but can't figure out the purpose. There's no. Idea. There is no purpose. Yeah. No, That's what I if like you're about doing it. that shit, there's no purpose. There's like, no purpose no. other than just the sheer weirdness of it. That, and that's what makes it funny. Yeah, and fun I think it's kind of great. That's like, kinda, as long as nobody's being harmed, I'm kind of on. These board are the kind of the news stories we need, man. <laughs> Trump just declared himself the chosen one. We need this kind of shit. Like the king of Israel. Fucking fuck him in the fucking face, man. He's, I absolutely love. It it's absolutely funny to me now how many Christians continue to oh, support him. They're just like I think if Obama it is did that beyond they would hilarious. It's in so anger. funny. They're just oh selling God. they're selling their soul upriver yeah. and it's the funniest thing ever to this me. This may actually be a copycat crime because apparently last somebody August, else thought of this. Last August, more than twenty TVs were left on porches in the in the same neighborhood. So somebody sees and goes, I can do that. And it's unknown whether or not it's connected uh, to the current perpetrators. Um, By the way, you cunts are getting TVs on your porch this week. Can you can you get arrested for this? I mean, there, I don't know. So, what, so what's the crime? It could be uh, criminal mischief, littering. Um, it could be, uh, um, yeah, basically littering is your is littering would be trespassing. A, littering right? would have because to be a public property. Right? Well, only I mean, you can walk up to anybody's door and knock on it. And yeah, it's I not trespassing unless it's posted. Man, that is. I, yeah, I'm kind of on board I with it. I guess that's worth a $150 littering fine. Well, you get times 60. Well, so. I guess that's true. That's, yeah. That's uh, uh, a lot. And plus, you got to get the TVs, too. Where It's not like you just had them. And you can go to Goodwill and get one for $2. Not anymore. They don't sell them. You can't sell really? TVs at Really? Mm-hmm. Haven't for a couple of years. Huh. So, uh, they're actually coming back in vogue, old tube-style TVs. People are using them, buying them, <laughs> retrofitting them into gaming cabinets and playing like old Atari games with like uh, 
Raspberry Pi. That'd be fun for like ten minutes, yeah, man. Yeah, would. Oh, cool. Oh, this is shit. Now cool. I see why. Now I see why technology progressed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dig dug. That was fun for five minutes. I really love vinyl until I have to get up and flip the goddamn disc, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. This is why I use my iPhone and Apple Music. Yeah. Okay, so there is video too. You can see the video of of uh, the uh, guy. I can somebody's this. ring doorbell. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 for sure. And there's several vi- several videos of it. Um, let me see if I can. Of course, it's doing a commercial first. I don't know if you can. God damn it! Do we play a song? No, it's. That <laughs> <laughs> is the sexiest saxophone bit in yeah. history right. of music. I think it's. He's wearing a fucking TV the guy's on his wearing head. wearing like a jumpsuit. God, that is so... It's like an MST3K thing, man. And he's wearing a TV on and, his head. And he and stares he, at the camera and walks he away. He puts the TV down, stares at the camera, and walks That's... Dude, I'm, I'm on board with this. Like, that is the... F- <laughs> I kind of like it. I kinda, as long as this guy doesn't turn out to be a weird serial killer, yeah. I'm totally on board with it. Oh, this is what you were looking for. No, no. I think for uh, the uh, Monty Python. Oh, it's the best intermission music in it. It is, and it comes four, like four fifths of the way through the so movie. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, vomiting vultures invade Florida oh, vacation home. Dude, I saw this. Vomiting and shitting. I well, I literally just got this, so I'm gonna have to read it. Uh, <laughs> We're not what? prayer jockey. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. I don't get. I don't see. There's, weird there shit. is no news feed. In, yeah. in Brad's life, uh, a New York couple's luxurious vacation house in Florida has been taken over by dozens of black vultures that are vomiting and defecating everywhere. <laughs> the Palm Beach Post reports that the Casa, on your side. Casimano family can't even visit the seven hundred and two thousand dollar home they purchased Whoa. earlier this year in the Ibis Golf and Country Club. Shobin Casimano. Wait, what? She's apparently Irish Italian. <laughs> Chauvin? Chauvin. Her name's Chauvin. S I O B H A N. That's an Irish name, Chauvin. All right. Casimano. That's not Irish. Not Irish. Decidedly not Irish. No. Um, Describe the smell as, quote, like a thousand rotting corpses. The vultures have destroyed screen enclosures and have overtaken the pool and barbecue. Oh, the few times that they visited, they've had to park the car in the garage or the birds peck at them with their beaks. What the fuck? Vultures are generally like a neighbor tells the post that she's got it even worse because she lives next door to a person who is feeding the vultures and other wildlife. Dude. Oh, man. In May, she said vultures tore through the roof of her pool enclosure and couldn't figure out how to get out. Like she said, imagine 20 vultures trapped biting each other and they can bite through bones. They uh, would bang against my windows, running away from a bird that was attacking them. Blood was everywhere. It was a vile, vicious, traumatic event. And it was Memorial Day. So no company I called would come out to help me. What are they going to do? Like other than taking a shotgun? <laughs> Finally, out there and three away. police officers arrived. They removed the screens and shoot away the vultures. Do you know who they need to call? Ghostbusters? That, that that bird lady from Home Alone 2. 
Lost in New York. I never saw that movie. You're All, the only one that ever saw that no, movie. No, everyone Michael. saw that. But no, they uh, didn't. You know the how to talk boy. That's how you know the how to talk boys. You don't, don't you remember talk boys? No. The homeowners. It's like a video cassette. You play it back and it speeds up the sound. Nope. sound makes Is that like the uh, the, boys? The, the, <laughs> no. God damn it. You guys are so old. Go ahead. You said dad, buddy. Uh, <laughs> the home, <laughs> there's going to be about about for. five people that are going to get that reference from Arrested Development. Uh, you guys call someone else. The homeowners blame Katz's neighbor who claim is excessively feeding the wildlife. She's seen the neighbor give bags of dog food and even a roasted chicken to the, the vultures. Why? Why are you feeding vultures? This place has an HOA. Neighborhood Association President Gordon Holness. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, this is Gordon's wholeness. Uh, said they've warned the you woman. You need to put your trash in a round trash can. They've warned the woman, but they're one. limited in what they can do because the vultures as migratory birds are protected by federal law. Vultures are protected by federal law? Yep. They're fucking vultures. Yeah, they're not in danger, really are they? surprising. Uh, people have suggested scaring them with fireworks or balloons, but that doesn't work for long. Cats even tried putting out four fake owls. That have moving heads and blinking lights. The, the vultures chewed the owls apart and ripped the heads off. Jeez. These are not to be fucked with. <laughs> these these vultures mean business. These, these vultures have seen some shit, and they they are not going to be intimidated by you at all, dude. That is a crazy story. Man, I tell you what, though, if you spend that much on a fucking house and you can't even live in it yeah. because there's goddamn birds, yep, like predatory carrying birds, like, yep, goddamn, man, that sucks. All right, um, father asks strangers to suggest interesting facts he could tell his daughter. Gets forty responses. So I've got forty facts. No, we'll just do t- like ten of them. Okay. Okay. I, I always like these kind of things. They're fun. Things you could tell your daughter. So let's uh, just pick. Let's just pick numbers out of one out of forty. Sixty-nine. Michael. All right. Six. God. <laughs> six. Animals that lay eggs don't have belly buttons. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nine. Uh, cows have best friends and get stressed when separated. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, Michael. I, you got, I, Brad? I picked two. What? One out of 40. What? Pick a number <laughs> one out of 40. <laughs> Brad's new to this segment. 38. God, of course you just fucking scroll all the way down there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pick one. Next you shit, your shit. Next number. Cashews <laughs> come from a fruit. Uh, Peaches come from a can. I think I knew that. Okay. Michael? One. God damn it. Man. <laughs> so, you assholes. Uh, sometimes dog dogs or wolves in movies need CGI tails if they're supposed to be acting because they're so excited to be doing a good job acting if their tails can't stop wagging. Who's a good boy? <laughs> Who's my good doggy? Who's my good wolf? Uh, forty. You <laughs> see, I God damn it! I should have just picked ten. And God, I love this. So There's much. a term rubber deck rubber ducking. 
wait. Is this on, is this on Urban Diction? No. Rubber Dicky? Rubber, I did originally. That's the... It's like when you were a kid and you had the, that's the pencil. That's the old hammer, make, the make uh, Centauri whiskey and the tax man talking. When you had the number two pencil and you wiggled it around and make it look like rubber. Rubber Dicky. That's rubber Dicky. Just another name for pegging. Hey, look yeah. at this. It looks like it's rubber. <laughs> There's a term rubber ducking. Yeah, me and my wife are into rubber dicking. Which is used by programmers. Rubber dicker, you're, you're the, the one. one. <laughs> <laughs> you make sex time lots of fun. <laughs> Ta-da. All right. Uh, anyway, it's used by programmers <laughs> to help them find mistakes. They explain the problem to a rubber duck, and by doing so, often find the solution. That makes zero sense. Yeah, well, you pick 40, so, okay. It's five like five more, Michael. Rock. Michael. Uh, two. You, God, you guys are just assholes, man. I should have just picked fucking <laughs> 10 of Might them. Might as well just go ahead to 39 next, okay? because it's happening. Some species of burrowing spiders keep teeny tiny frogs in their burrows to keep it free of bugs too small for the spider to get. They, they might try to eat the spider's the eggs. Frogs? This means that the tiny frogs are spider cats. It's like the, it's like the, the rancor in Java's palace. Right. Spider cat, spider cat does whatever a spider cat does. Thirty nine otters have skin pockets for their favorite rocks. Someone clarified. I got in the my comments. skin pocket cut off when I was a baby. I got my sp- skin pocket. You were there when I got my skin pocket cut off. What? My vasectomy. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> No. He's talking about his foreskin. About... No. No. What well, skin vast... you You got your about? vast deference cut, you dipshit. That's not skin. They had to cut into the skin, though, right? God, this this podcast is just a fucking joke. I hey, when they cut into your, when they cut into the phrase, do they use lasers? I literally, I literally oh, just said the phrase. That was your vast deference, you dipshit. <laughs> no, and somehow no, they don't use lasers. Listen, you know what they do is they leave you laying on a table for an hour with your dick hanging out, with paper over the top of it, and a hole cut out so it all. It sits through right through the but top. But they shave your balls for you. No, so. I shaved them myself. Well, they I'm sure they had to clean it up. They, yeah. Yeah, they did. You anorak dick shit. <laughs> uh, number 21, there were woolly mo- You know what? I don't, I'm done. I don't even give a shit. Fuck it all. <laughs> you should do a list every week. Can I go back to band names? From the, from the time... Pluto was discovered until the time it was demoted from planethood. It still hadn't made one complete revolution around the sun. No, it's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Whatever. Uh, there were woolly mammoths on the planet when the pyramids were being built. That I've heard that before. That is mind Isn't that crazy? shit. It really, it really is. Yeah. That's how you'd say to Gimli, son of Gloin. <laughs> you're not a person. You're a dwarf person. <laughs> I don't have to respond to that. Uh, <laughs> we had a Gimli son of Gloin reference. What? <laughs> I know. Uh, two more. Uh, Oxford University in England, Oxford, is older than the Aztec Empire. What did Wait, you say? say that again? Oxford University in England. Oh, I knew that. Is older than I actually, the my, Aztec Empire. My eleven-year-old uh, Aspie, who is just way into not into like trivia, yeah. told me that just the other day. Actually, yeah. oh really? And I didn't believe it. Had to look it up. I was like, no, that's not true. And it, it's true. Um, 13, 
something or I don't even remember. It was okay, like 13 yeah, something insane like that. Okay, two more actually. Uh, a day on Venus takes longer than, to complete than a year on Venus. Hmm. Uh, because Venus rotates so slowly. I'm your Venus. I'm, I'm your fire. fire. <laughs> I'm your desire. <laughs> you are my fire, the my one. one. Desire, believe when I say I don't want you ever, it that ever. Way. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I never want to hear you say. I want it that way. One more. Uh, Edweta, a giant tortoise who died in 2006. Are we still doing this? Was born before the United States existed in 1750. Hmm. That's not according to the old, Bible. <laughs> nope. Fake the, news. The earth was created, created in 1776. <laughs> Fake news. All right, I'm done. I just love that. I just, I, lists like that are fun. I just think they're fun. Are they? So. Man, fuck off. <laughs> Eat a fucking dick, man. Speaking of eating dick. Um, product update. <laughs> Speaking. Beef jacket time. <laughs> uh, spam is really. Let's share the milk of human kindness. Spam is coming. Oh, jerky time right. is one of my favorite things. You ever. said that we were yesterday. Today, you said no, it's the hospital. Oh, beef jerky time. Beef jerky time. Uh, spam, spam is jumping on the pumpkin spice bandwagon. Oh, that's God not damn actually. It, no, they joked about it a oh, couple okay. years ago. It's back. They're really but it's doing not it really, now. No, they're they not. They are really Bullshit. doing it this time. Fat pastors. Yes, I'll believe it when I. They are. No, I want to make. Hawaii. I want to make spam tacos. Pumpkin spice spam tacos. Yes. You cook spam in a skillet. Spam is not it can't be all different than a hot dog. It's not. You eat spam normal. It is. God awful horror. I like out. spam, like, but if you have to skillet cook it and get like a little bit of a char on it oh, for yeah, it yeah. to be okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's only available at walmart.com. Oh, spam. Oh, there's a shocking, there's a shocker. No fucking way. <laughs> so somebody needs to order this for us. <laughs> they need to make impossible spam. September 23rd. I guess it's all spam is impossible if you really think about it. Spam. Ugh, we need somebody who is not working on September 23rd and will commit to being one of these, buying one of these cans before they sell out. Send them to us and we'll eat it on the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll reimburse you. you. I'll, even, um, I'll even put whipped cream on it. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep. Whipped cream covered pumpkin spice spam. That's shit. it. That's the shit right there, baby. Oh man, that's shit. Midwest white shit being the operative term. Midwest white girl wasted food right there. <laughs> so, I know we've talked about. Um, that's what everybody I use eating this weekend. Oh god, dude, we, we went to the liquor store today in Bloomington. <laughs> the amount of alcohol being oh my god bought by college students yeah. was astounding for a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, I'm sure, dude. It was Gotta amazing. First Natty school, light. <laughs> lot of oh, light. Bush light. Yeah. All light. And somebody brought those fucking Rattler beers. Or like, it's like, girl, you're going to throw all that up anyway. Just have the full calories. I know. Because they're all yeah. coming back up anyway. Um, all right. So I think we've talked about this before, but I don't remember us talking about 
what religion it is. So a Japan temple puts uh, faith in a robot priest. Man. So, um, Who's four, shocked? A 400-year-old temple in Japan is tempting to hotwire interest in Buddhism with a robotic priest. It At believes, least it's not just Christianity doing dumb shit to reach new generations. I know. <laughs> uh, believes it will change the face of the religion, despite critics comparing the android to Frankenstein's monster. Uh, the android, named Canon is based off the Buddhist deity of mercy, preaches sermons, um, and its human colleagues predict that the artificial intelligence will one day... Acquire unlimited wisdom. Okay, so let's talk about artificial intelligence for this a second. This robot will never die, and I, it will keep updating itself and evolving. Okay, I asked Siri this week to convert gallons to ounces, and it took three attempts. I got gallons to else's? Gallons to houses. <laughs> gallons to else's? And finally, gallons... Let two ounces. I was like, it, it took go. me three times to get a fucking artificial intelligence shit to do that, or whatever Siri is. I don't think that's technically artificial. Well, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. People I don't are, give people a like, fuck. I, don't uh, give a I fuck. can't wait for automatic cars to drive us. Dude, are you fucking kidding I me? I couldn't get Siri to answer simple a conversion question. Dude, the thought of of like self driving cars is terrible. I saw that UPS has been using self driving yeah. trucks. It's happening. With nobody it's I know it's gonna happen. Like it's, it's already happening. It's literally no. inevitable that that's gonna be the future. But like computers it's, it's, fail. It's terrifying because me a com- because a computers fail. B they have to program in scenarios. Like yes. let's say a pedestrian walks in front of you. Do you veer and kill yourself or kill the pedestrian? That has to be written into the programming, and that know. is fucking terrifying. Did I, we learn nothing from Will Smith's iRobot? <laughs> what? Yes, Will Smith can't act. Don't you remember <laughs> that's, the, that's what we the, the laws? You don't see Men in Black. Artificial intelligence. Will Smith is a terrible actor. I like Men in Black. Here come the Men in Black. The first two. Galaxy. No, no. Yeah, they're putting out another one too. The third what one with uh, is is not bad. I watched it recently. We watched it. The fourth one is shit. Sorry, Jude. Hi, Jude. You want to come say hi? Nah. All right. Now nah, he's a good busy. talk. Getting his own crustables. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You getting a sandwich? Yeah. All right. All right, cool. I recognize. Love you, nephew. Yeah, nothing. All right. Love you, yep. Jude. Don't ever change. Hi, dog. Follow Jude. Nope. <laughs> sort of. Anyway, right. this uh, this deity android canon um, will keep updating itself and evolving. Um, it will store knowledge forever. I'm sorry. I follow limitless. the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Jesus doesn't need to evolve. <laughs> okay. I just don't even <laughs> God. God, it is nine eleven. Oh <laughs> yeah. I wow. feel like something is crashing into me right now. Can we go home? Oh, please? Jesus. Yes. Well, well backup noise dot wave. Oh no! Stop! It is not too soon. Stop it! Oh, I... Quit reliving it. It, it, it. That enough is enough. Is that a Dave joke? Dave Matthews? No, no, it was a nine eleven joke. So please go ahead. God, it's the worst Dave Matthews song. 
just over because it got played. It got played too much. It's also creepy as fuck. It is like, creepy. If you really, it's about a stalker, like a I voyeuristic. A little more like, so okay, I can enough. Turn this shit off. Oh, that's a that's a great anyway, Dave here, impression. Here is some. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Neville sings Dave Matthews. <laughs> I don't know any of the words. Anyway, here's some here's some advice from from Canaan. It says, "You cling to a sense of selfish ego. Worldly desires are nothing other." Than a mind lost at sea. Is it, is it awesome that this Buddhist robot is wiser than about ninety nine percent of Christian pastors? It's yeah. <laughs> a fair point. There you go. I think I found a new religion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cyborg Buddhism. Well, we should get the foot of Canaan <laughs> or Canon, whatever his name is. All right, is that all you got? No, I'm going to uh, let you choose the next one. Man, I don't want to choose, Michael. It's too late. I'm drunk. I don't care. Uh, penis? Uh, Pokemon Go? We or, just got a text. Or Mike Tyson? We just got a text from one of our listeners. That just, or not a text, a, a tweet that just says, Michael, it's 9.07. <laughs> 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 all right. Penis, Michael. Penis, Pokemon Go, or Mike Tyson? Let's go. With, well, wait, what? What are we doing? Why? Just choose I, one. Can we not just be done? I'm playing Matt's game now. I'm so tired. Just penis. I just want to go, go penis. penis. Uh, doctors discover a man's penis is literally turning into a bone. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm done. I'm out. I got... No. Too many jokes. I'm done. I'm just moving. Move the microphone away. Nope. The man was hospitalized. Extremely sane. Not as hard as a diamond in a snowstorm. <laughs> 63-year-old man walked into a New York City hospital with what he expected to be a routine check on his hip pain from it he had My from the fall. Hurts. Oh, it's because your dick is turning into a bone. <laughs> Boy, that's like upon the worst four-hour erection in history. Upon receiving an, an x-ray, doctors discover that he was, in fact, suffering from... A, and the exceedingly rare condition known as penile ossification. Well, that was my nickname in high school. His penis. <laughs> that was the name of my death metal band. His penis high was turning into an extra skeletal bone. <laughs> penile ossification. <laughs> His penis was turning into an extra skeletal bone. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> so his penis it sounds like the name of one of the, of a tourniquet song. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's like the lost tourniquet album, Penile Ossification. It's a new Tool album. It's their title. The new Tool album. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely sounds like a tourniquet album. <laughs> it's like extensive plaque-like calcification. God, didn't you and I recently listen to a tourniquet album? It is fucking terrible. It's 
it's awful, it's man. I mean, it's just unlistable shit. I mean, it's so bad. God, can I? Can I sh- <laughs> we ate that shit up in high school. Oh, I did because it was so like, can I sh- like all of their album titles and their song titles. Like, it's like literally they just opened like a medical textbook. Yeah, can I it show is. you the X-ray? Oh, can we show you the X-ray? Yes. <laughs> that's uh, that's a calcified penis right there. Is what that is. It looks like a third leg. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my good, my goodness, your tripod. <laughs> What's the opposite of pushing rope? Pushing femur. <laughs> Here's stereotaxic uh, atrocities from uh, Tourniquet. What was it called? Stereotaxic atrocities. <laughs> it doesn't even mean anything. Fucking ass metal, man. (laughs) (laughs) Play the scale. I own this fucking album, man. (laughs) Man, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's... Let's land this plane. Like Scott Stapp in the worst metal band ever. Remember Vanishing Lessons? Vanishing Lessons is their load and reload. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we ready to go further up, further in? (laughs) This is pushing broom. It's the opposite of pushing rope. Whenever you're done, let me know. Just give me a minute. <laughs> I eat this fucking album. Yeah, up, man. we oh both my did. God. I think I owned a documentary at one point on video cassette of Tourniquet <laughs> from this session. I'm like 90% sure I did. It's fucking load and reload, it man. <laughs> yeah, it is. We can get to the lyrics, right? No, we don't. Yeah, we do. Jesus Christ, Ted Singh. Ted Kirkpatrick, that was his name. Wow. Boy, that's bad. The <laughs> demon pushing Houdini into a tank on the <laughs> album cover. I forgot about they have a song called Black Cups of Spit. I, it's just... Like, what? They're just shit, man. It's a fucking shit band. It, they put out an album in 2018. I know! <laughs> like, all these bands we listen to are still Apple. putting... Guardian! There is no, Guardian is still putting music out. There is out. no way uh, that they play to more than 10 people in a pub at some point. There's I bet no they do, man. Oh, Disciple's still around. Guardian's still around. Tourniquet's still around. All these bands we listened to 20 years ago are <laughs> still out. Dissonance. Yeah. Uh, boy, I'm gonna have to download unless I listen to it tomorrow no, on the no, road. You don't. Yeah, <laughs> just for fun, like psychosurgery. Oh that's, yeah, it's psychosurgery. You need psychosurgery and you need vanishing lessons. That's what you need. God damn, man. 
and you got to download the most just, recent okay, album. Just so you're, just so you don't think penile ossification is a. If you think that's a reach of what a tourniquet song might have been, here's some names: pathogenic, Dis- ocular- dysfunctional domicile, yeah. broken chromosomes, stereotaxic atrocities. I, it's just a been a while since de- I pulled this out. Aphysium defunctorum. <laughs> God, they put out an album in December called Gazing at Medusa. I'm downloading that shit. That's happening tomorrow, man. I'm listening to that. Sorry, you... this is a this is a high school throwback. I don't give it whatever, man. I own psychosurgery. You know own... we're gonna get added by one of our listeners probably. Uh, Turnikin is Turnikin really is actually still me. really great. I own the I own the EP Carry the Wounded. I did own that. Carry the Wounded really touched me in my high school. It got me through some really dark times, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, Michael, what are we doing? Uh, Okay. Elizabeth Jeffries is a science writer who invites her readers to find meaning in the natural world in her laboratory (laughs) research (laughs) experience. She's she's basically Frankenstein from uh, Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Uh, In her laboratory research experience as a Ph.D. molecular molecular, molecular, uh, biologist, and in her work as a freelance science and medical writer, Elizabeth sees connections between the patterns of nature and the human experience. Elizabeth is, uh, she's got a new book out, her debut nonfiction book. It's called Through the Kaleidoscope, How Exploring Cell Biology Transforms My Relationship with God, and it's out now. It's about tourniquet's discology. No, no, it isn't. No. <laughs> this is for her. It comes! That's her in her laboratory. No. No? Uh, <laughs> How about that? Nope. No. Oh, my God, no. I Stop. hate that sound. All right. so I hate it. It is the Watch worst. the goddamn movie. It's I don't want to. It's so good. It's fucking so Gene cringe. Wilder in his prime. So cringe. I don't care. No, Gene Wilder in his prime. Cringe. You guys are fucking idiots, man. <laughs> you really are gonna like this interview. Yeah, she's great. She was great interview. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth Jeffries, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Yay. So glad you came on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time, um, and thank you for you know risking your reputation to be on the podcast. Hey, you know anything for you? Yeah, thank you so much. We are an explicit podcast, so you can say all the words that you want to say. It's yeah. Fine. Yes. Yep. All right. We forgot Full to mention that everything that would make your parents cringe, most likely. So. Uh, <laughs> Don't send this one to it your makes, mom. It, it sure makes our parents cringe. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> really? Oh, my yeah, word. Yeah. Yep. I've had a couple of those as well. But yeah, I had, a, had an angry text message just last week. So, yep. oh, wow. Wow. Times. We're yep. fresh in it. We really are. Yeah. Yeah, we really are. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, for any of our listeners, just tell us who is Elizabeth Jeffries? Who are you? Who do you think you are? Yeah. Who do you think you are? I so... Um, I am what might be the easiest way for listeners of this podcast to connect with me. I was raised fundamentalist evangelical Christian, Mm -hmm. um, like I imagine many, many of our friends who are listening, Yep. right? Uh, and 
along with that, simultaneously uh, with that childhood in fundamentalist evangelical Christianity, I have always had a really strong interest in science, in the natural world. And um, I went into natural science in college and continued in grad school. So I, I work in biology at this point. And I, what I love to do is write in a way that invites others to be amazed or to engage with the natural world mm -hmm. in some way. Um, so I've written a book. It's called Through the Kaleidoscope. And in this book is it, it weaves those two things together. My upbringing in this religious environment, fundamentalist evangelical Christianity, and, and sort of tells the story of uh, that foundation in my life, the role that that played, and then the eventual um, unraveling of that worldview. Um, and I tell that story in parallel with what, what I would say our parables about the natural yep. world, observations that I've made, things I've read in scientific journals that have just kind of helped me to ground myself in a time when my grounding was shifting or maybe being pulled away. You know, the, the grounding that I always yeah, knew. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, so that's a long answer to no, who, who do you think you are, yeah. but <laughs> but yeah, those are the the two pieces that you know, uh, that are most prominent. You know, yeah, I, you know when you were talking at the beginning about your upbringing, you know I think that I was as I was reading the book, it, it kind of I thought this book would resonate with a lot of our listeners just because if no if for nothing else, just how much you mm. talk about your experiences, and I think they would, I mean I. I yeah. think your your upbringing was a little more I don't know if extreme's the right word than than mine was even mm. but mm. I found so many parallels it was like oh yep 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 but one thing yeah. I thought one thing I did think was interesting you know you said it, that that uh you know your your decision to become a scientist you were always because of your evangelicalism and your fundamentalism were attracted to science Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting because I, I want you to talk about that a little bit because I think for us growing up, we grew up in a very anti-science hmm. evangelicalism. Yeah. Like we, it was to be, um, science was to be trusted when it proves the Bible, but yeah. like anything mm -hmm. that didn't or whatever was to be greatly distrusted. Like I remember very vividly in high school, our pastor talking about how carbon dating couldn't be trusted because, you know, all of these, there were these certain, there were like two examples where he read it wrong. So right. obviously the whole thing is bullshit. So every single one. Right. So, you know, I, I remember that very vividly when, and it was, go ahead. Uh, when I was in Sunday school, <laughs> I think it was middle school or high school, uh, not even kidding. Uh, we <laughs> like probably six to 10 weeks, 45 minute lectures uh, by Ken Ham. Videos. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Mr. Is, Science himself. That is Ken legit. Ham. So we would yeah. he would give the lecture. A lot of people would fall asleep, and then we we would have discussion <laughs> talks about it. Right. And it just that's right. it's yeah that that was that was uh, yeah that was oh, my church like, yeah it, well it was right. yeah and that's so that's just interesting to me that you 
it, it seemed to be completely opposite for you that you mm. were always drawn to science because of your faith. I was always taught to sort of um, distrust it unless yeah. of course, you know, carbon dating was bullshit until they found a, you know, a, something in Israel that dated the, to the finger, time of the Jesus. finger bone of Jesus. Well, and all of a sudden it was like, well, this is perfectly <laughs> accurate. Yeah. I mean, even in high school as a conservative, I thought, wait a second, like that doesn't, <laughs> but it's, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like I just find that interesting. So what, what was it about your, your faith as a child that sort of, cause you talk a lot in the book about how science has always been a, a passion of yours. Um, mm-hmm. Even when you were little. So like what, I mean, what started that? Yeah, that that's a great question because it really gets at the complexity of mm-hmm. of this issue for me and for so many growing up in the church. I so from a very young age, I just always I was always taught that God created the world. And for me there was something so uh simple and tangible and concrete about the natural world. And I I just had this sense that if, if we can figure out what's going on in, you know, in nature, then that's going to tell us something about the God that, that I'm being taught created this, you know? Um, and that's what I remember it. And like when I was a child, I, I, I share some of these stories in the book when I was a child and learning about astronomy and realizing that so much of our universe is completely unexplored. That to me was like, oh, well, we've got like we we can keep working at science forever and we'll never be done. Like we can always know more. And to me, there was something like, well, this is going to tell us about what God is like, because God made all this, you know, <laughs> so this must be what God's into, you know, uh, like this must uh, give us some type of image of what God is like. Um, but at the same time, I was, uh, I mean, I remember many a Ken Ham lecture myself, <laughs> and I was being taught as well, Um that the Bible is what I should trust first and foremost. And if there was any scientific evidence, you know, and quotes were always drawn around evidence uh, because of how, how uh, mistrusted it was. Right. Um, If there was any evidence so-called that, that contradicted something that we interpreted from the Bible, that that evidence was garbage. You know, the Bible always wins. That was the uh-huh. that was the lesson that I was taught, which I mean, it is a confirmation bias. Right. You're starting <laughs> out, you know, you're starting out with a conclusion already drawn, and we all know if you already have your conclusion made, you can make data fit. You know, you can yep. twist mm-hmm. things in any way. Um, that you want to in order to reach that conclusion. So, so it was both of those things at once. And that's where a lot of the tension was for me. I, I mean, I remember being told it like being kind of praised by, by other like adults in my church when I decided I wanted to go into science because I was going to be this light in the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> 
definitely had visions of me being like Ken Ham's predator, like successor. <laughs> um, Minus the glorious beard, of course. Right, I can never live up to that beard. <laughs> um, but that, you know, science was supposed to tell us about God, but also like scientists were not trusted in my, you know, in my church. Um, and there was always kind of this, we equated science with atheism a lot, which is like kind of funny to me now because I mean, scientists believe all, all the things that all the yes. people believe. So it's the, well, I like, we're just all people trying to figure it out. It's not like there's some, we don't take a, a vow to never believe in God. <laughs> um, uh, so it, yeah, there was a lot of tension that I really didn't work out until I was in college, you know, and I was homeschooled um, as well, which it, it just complicates things so much um, as a Christian kid when you don't have voices of authority that you trust in, you know, in your life, kind of encouraging you to like maybe push outside of this box a little bit. Right. Um, did, did you do a Becca homeschooling? Was it a Becca? I did, I did. <laughs> so did yep. Michael. We graduated from the same high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Becca science. And... Yeah. But now she's a scientist and you're yeah. leading a really mid-level podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> she yeah. wins. Mid-level's yeah. being pretty generous. I feel. <laughs> Oh I thought I was valedictorian this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> nope. How about Jay Wiley? Do, uh, does anyone know Jay Wiley? He wrote science textbooks that I used. No, um, I don't know no. that name. I'm they afraid. Were, I'm afraid they, to even Google that. It's real cringy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it it takes things even a step further. <laughs> right. Wow. right. Takes right. a step further but than I, Ken Ham. Uh, well, not further than Ken Ham. Yeah, he he probably wins. <laughs> my, my boss took his family to the uh, Creation Museum, and he was telling oh, me, "Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah." So he was talking to me about this, and he was like, "Man, yeah, they just it's just really well done." And I was just I was like the whole time I'm like sweating, like please don't say anything, just don't say anything, keep your mouth shut. And he was like, "Man, they just got some really convincing science in there," and I wanted to be like, "That's not science." <laughs> Well, Those are opinions. Yeah, it's, it's not cherry science. Pick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So I'm yeah. going to give him your number, just FYI. <laughs> you, can, you can sort of talk him through all that. <laughs> this is what real science is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, one thing I thought was interesting, and I'm, this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but who cares? Here we go. So, like, one thing I thought was really uh, interesting about about the book was that you know you talk about all of this uh you know you're you're fu you talk obviously in great detail about your you know your fundamentalist upbringing um but you definitely don't come across as bitter about mm -hmm. any of it about like and you sort of look back on it i don't know if fondly is the right word but definitely with mm -hmm. it had a place yeah would that be fair to say yeah, yeah. And I, I, I thank you for pointing that out because I, I did work very hard mm -hmm. to communicate that, again, the complexity mm -hmm. uh, of this. There is so much 
about my upbringing that I'm really grateful for. And my parents and I are still on great terms. And uh, and we've we've been really open and honest with each other about the ways, you know, the ways that my faith has changed. And uh, an important part to me was that I really tell the truth in this book, yes. you know. Um, and and there were a lot of there were a lot of stereotypes that we didn't fit into, you know, a lot of typical fundamentalist right. Christian stereotypes that we didn't fit into. Um, and I, I wanted to. Really, uh, what I wanted to communicate in this book was, like, your your childhood doesn't have to be a nightmare in order for you to work through it, yeah. you know? Right, like, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be, like, you don't have to paint it as all terrible in order to really explore, like, but what were the pieces that damaged the way I think about myself and the way I think about my world. You know, um, I, I wanted to communicate that, that nuance, that complexity. And I, yeah, that was a very intentional, uh, decision. I'm glad that came through. Yeah. And I don't want to give away the last chapter, but it was beautiful. Spoiler, they all die in the end. Yeah, that's right. No, well, we yeah. no, but the, the stuff about your parents was just it, man, yeah, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that because I want people to read it. Um, By the book. Right, right. But but it was it was really. I th I found that really beautiful. Uh, the way you ended that. Well, and I think that's an important point because I know that the three of us like have we've talked about in this podcast that like while we've rejected ninety five percent of what we grew up with, it still we still recognize that it served a purpose in our life. Right. Yeah. And, and it still it still had a place. Now, I know there are people who have seriously deep trauma right from their upbringings. I don't want to yes. I don't want to negate that or minimize that yes, at all. Right. But for, for us, I know, especially I mean, I went through, th you know, 18 months of therapy or whatever and talked about this a lot that it, it wasn't all bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I had really good parents. They were doing the best they could. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like all of us are. And so I, I think that's an important point for people to realize. And I, and I really appreciate you pointing or talking about that is that yeah it's not all it doesn't all have to be seen as bad you can pull good stuff out of it well and it's all it's yeah. all it's all shaped us for good or bad exactly so Absolutely. like you know as richard Rohr would say everything belongs it all yeah. it, mm -hmm. it's all come together to be to make you the you you are now you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah i think mm -hmm. that that just came across really well in the book and i, I really appreciated good. it so i think we, the three of us have gone through our fair amount of bitterness about the church. Mm -hmm. Um, For I think sure. maybe still at some, in some, on our worst days, probably working through some of that. Oh I yeah. But I think, I think the three of us have really tried to incorporate our past a little bit and yeah. go, that was the past. And I think it a lot of it is not even necessarily it, bitterness. It's sadness too. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of sadness, sadness kind of feel like the church left us yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 And I, I went through a, a several year phase uh, where, if I had written this book during that phase, it would not have, you know, it would have been bitter. It sure. would have been angry. Um, and there's a place for that too. You know, I went, I went through the, the crying on my therapist's couch <laughs> phase. As well. And the, and I still, I still hit those points. I still have those, I still have that anger come up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And another piece that's helped for my from my personal experience has been sharing more candidly with my parents and hearing from them about 
the role that fundamentalism and evangelicalism played in their own lives. Oh man, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because they were both they were both raised very ritualistically Christian, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. It, it wasn't meaningful personally to them. And when they found the born again gospel message, it really filled a void in their lives. Right. And it it brought them to life um, in a beautiful, beautiful way. And they went through a phase of re- they rejected their parents' religion. Right. Um, and and that was uh, my mom what my mom said to me. She's like, yeah, of course you're not doing things the way we did it. We didn't do things the way That's our so parents good. did it. Um, and I'm I mortified at what my, my, my kids will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Yeah. Like, this is, a, maybe this, part of this is just growing up, you know, and shaking loose from uh, from these structures that have been built up around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so let's, um, let's get to some of the science stuff. I don't want to discuss all okay. the science stuff because I, yeah. I want people to read the book. But there were some things that really stood out to me. Uh, can you talk to our audience about ubiquitin and oh, what yeah. it can teach us about our spirituality? That I, I had a lot of stuff bracketed and underlined <laughs> in that chapter. So, right, right, right. Uh, so ubiquitin is this protein um, that is found inside of our cells, and it gets its name because it is ubiquitous. Yes, um, and. When I first learned about ubiquitin, it's, I mean, it's, it's tiny compared to the size of the other proteins in our cells, the proteins that do what you and I would think of as the important jobs, right? In our cells. So it's this little tiny thing. And it's like, well, if it's that, you know, if it's that tiny and if it's everywhere, then what is it really doing that's important? Um, And most of the biological community, I don't know if they saw it that way or if they just didn't really get to studying it until rather late in the game for, you know, for characterizing these abundant proteins. But when it was characterized, um, it was found that ubiquitin can attach itself to a target protein and when it does so it actually tags that protein to be destroyed um, by the cell components and it, it became nicknamed the kiss of death <laughs> um, the molecular kiss of death that was my um, nickname in high school <laughs> uh oh <laughs> he was very single if you didn't know that he's got a real bad piece of mono Let me <laughs> didn't pan out well <laughs> All the ladies loved you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but that to me was just an example of how, you know, the smallest piece can completely change the game. Um, the smallest piece of the system is still powerful enough to, uh, you know, to completely change the direction. Yeah. Uh, that things are going. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Um, there was a, there was also a line that I, I, I want to, I, uh, want you to talk about if you could, you said my actions while they don't determine outcomes in a predictable and linear fashion do determine possibilities. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So this kind of speaks to the diversity of functions that ubiquitin can take on because it 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 can target uh, proteins for destruction, but it can also do can do a lot of other things. Like one of them, it actually can act as a physical wedge um, that kind of opens up DNA strands and allows for sites of damage in those DNA strands to be fixed when otherwise they wouldn't. Yeah. So in some cases it's the kiss of death, but then in other cases it's like this lifesaver, you know, um, it can do all, all sorts of things. Um, so that was uh, to me an example of how like one thing isn't just one thing. Right. Um, and I, I tended to think of my own self, um, and my own actions kind of as deterministic yes. when I was growing up. And, and, and maybe this bit, part of this was just being a kid. Um, but also part of it was being told over and over again that God will answer your prayers if you, you know, if you're just faithful enough. Yep. Um, and, and learning about ubiquitin kind of opened me up to imagine a world that's a little more, a little more open. You yeah. know, uh, where there are more possibilities uh, and one thing doesn't just do one thing. Right. Uh, and context, it changes everything. Right. Yeah, context right. matters so much. Yep. That that wasn't really, you know, the, the importance of context was not really a thing that we talked about um, in my evangelical church. You know, we talked about... <laughs> right and wrong, black and white, like everything was a binary. Um, and, and learning about these biological systems that are so nuanced, uh, it opened me up to imagine a, a, a world where humans are that nuanced, right? Uh, where, yep. where actions uh, can be complex and it not always be right or wrong in every situation, but it depends on the context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, so did you, when you went into this field and you started studying, you know, these things, let's say like ubiquitin or whatever, did you go looking for spiritual implications or was it stuff that just sort mm -hmm. of like you had these sort of light bulb moments as you're studying things like, oh man, like, you know, wh like which one was it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was the accidental light bulb moment. That's great. Um, and I really, uh, as I was putting together this book, I hesitated a lot. Um, and I, I kind of held it, held it back for a while because the last thing I wanted this to come across as would be like, Hey guys, science <laughs> has proven right. X, Y, and Z right. about faith. Right. 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 <laughs> And, and at first when I started, the way it happened was like, I, I would just be reading, you know, a journal article or a textbook or something like, or, or even just reading the definition of a biological process, you know, that I had to know as, as background information. And I would just stumble across these observations like, like that about ubiquitin, that it can be, it can be either a lifesaver or a destroyer, yeah. just depending on the context, you know, depending on slight differences in its environment. Um, and, and these things would just stand out to me, you know, it would be, you know, it, 
I don't know if you've experienced this, like you, you encounter something and, you, and it just keeps popping into your head. Yep. Um, so when that would happen, I would just write, I would write about it. And I kept a notebook, uh, where I would write, you know, write about this observation. And then I started to write about experiences that I had that were kind of, you know, that were brought up by that observation or that helps me to engage with that. Um, and it was, it was a very just organic thing where eventually that notebook was pretty full and I realized like, this is a cohesive story. <laughs> I could kind of tell, you know, the story of my life and right. it would sort of be unraveled a little bit by these natural observations, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you didn't, st it seems like you didn't set out to write a book initially, nope. but then it was just kind of as things went through a notebook, all of a sudden it was like, holy crap, I've got yes. <laughs> a couple hundred pages of stuff here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it really kind of grew on its own. Right. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Uh, okay. So back to the science stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I found really interesting was a section on, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying this right. The agouti gene. Yes. Did I right. Say it right. You got it. Okay, yep. Agouti mice. Never heard yes. of them until I read this book. Uh, Sound delicious. And, yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> They're really good with marinara and wrapped like, in bacon stuffed yeah. with cheese. Uh, and, uh, and so the agouti gene and epigenetic context. Um, yep. so can you explain that to our listeners and then the sort of the parallels you found, uh, with, with kind of our approach to spirituality. And then I've, I've got great. a quote from that, that I want to read after you talk because it was awesome. So go ahead. Oh, great. Yeah. So agouti mice are, it's it, this type of mouse that confused biologists for a really long time because litter mates. So siblings, you know, they're born together. Litter mates would be like, some would be huge, some would be tiny in the exact same litter. Some would be brown, some would kind of have mottled fur, some would have orange fur. Um, and again, all in the same litter. And they didn't, they couldn't find any way to predict, you know, what are these mice going to look like? They just come out looking, uh, you know, looking so radically different from each other with no rhyme or reason. And eventually the, uh, the genomes of three siblings, three litter mates were sequenced. And these three litter mates, they all looked, they ran the whole spectrum of uh, the various ways that agouti mice can look. One was giant, one was kind of medium sized, and one was tiny. Uh, one was orange, one was mottled the fur color and the other was brown. So the, the biologists who are sequencing the, the genome of each of these three mice, they were expecting, you know, we're going to find some, or I imagine they were expecting, we're going to find some difference in the genetic codes of these three mice. And that will clue us in as to why they're, they're, you know, looking so different from each other, even though they're very similar genetically. And what they found was actually the opposite of what one might expect. They found that these three litter mates had identical genomes. Hmm. In other words, they were identical triplets. But That's they look so, so different. Yeah, Isn't so, that bonkers? It's so crazy. It's so weird. Uh, so I imagine they were kind of confused. 
And they played with this for a long time. And, and eventually, um, after a good bit of time, what was discovered was that there was a change occurring, not in the genome, but in the way that the genes were being interpreted. And that change was producing a, a drastic difference in the appearance of these mice. And that gene would be interpreted differently, you know, it, in, uh, from birth on, right, throughout this, this mouse's entire life. Um, and it, it would be, they would maintain their, you know, their appearance. It's not as though they would change from one day right. to another. So somehow there was a difference in the environment of the, of the DNA of each of these three oh. mice, even though, you know, they, they were, it, they had the, the same identical genome. All three of them had identical genomes. They were carried by the same mother, right? So it wasn't a difference in, you know, in, in some experience they had in utero or some experience they had, they were kept in the same, you know, in the same cages, fed the same. Um, but there are chemical modifications that can happen or that can can occur that change the way that a gene is not not the gene itself the gene stays the same but the way it's interpreted changes um and these these come about because of really slight differences um in the chemical you know the uh, the just the chemical composition of the cell, um, it really slight differences in things like the, you know, the air, uh, that they would breathe or the, you know, the specific nutrients they would receive. Um, and those tiny, tiny differences were enough. This gene, um, was structured in such a way that those chemical differences would produce these wildly different appearances. Uh, and, and the, the impact it had on me was that it, DNA, you know, we're taught about DNA in high school biology and we're taught that it's a blueprint, right? right. Most of us probably heard that, read that word in our biology textbooks. It's a blueprint or a code, mm -hmm. uh, that dictates our traits and even the way that, we talk about DNA kind of in pop culture today, you know, we, there are comments like, Oh, you can't change your genes or, you know, that's just the way my genes are, or, you know, and, and even the way that we, uh, that we look to DNA sequencing to kind of give us a clue about our, our health or what diseases to look out for. Like we treat it like it is this unchanging, gold standard blueprint that will dictate everything about our lives. And in some ways that is true. And, and it does stay mostly the same. That's an, um, a whole other topic we could get into. Our, our genetics don't actually stay completely the same throughout our lifetimes, but, um, but for the most part they do. So they stay the same. And in the case of these agouti mice, they were, uh, the DNA molecules were staying the same, but the way that those genes were being read, the way they were being interpreted changed and produced really drastic results. And what it brought to mind for me 
was the the other <laughs> the other blueprint I was taught about <laughs> uh, the other code that I was taught talking about Jurassic Park now, right changed. exactly exactly <laughs> the foundation of everything yeah. follow up question Jurassic Park real science or no Jurassic Park yeah uh can we I, can gonna... we can we create our own dinosaurs out of uh dinosaur out, yeah. out, out of the uh, DNA found from a uh, from uh, uh, mosquitoes trapped in amber with a frog? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not that far off. It's not that far off. So you're telling me there's a chance, <laughs> it's also... <laughs> but it's also never been done. Yeah, so know. you know. Well, now you have your next project. So. <laughs> Exactly. That's my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Sorry. Awesome job, guys. Really, really well done. <laughs> Just as she was getting to what she really wanted to say. <laughs> well done. No. Uh, yeah, so it, it brought to mind the Bible. What I was taught was this unchanging word of God that would never, uh, that context could not affect. Context, I was taught. Uh, couldn't impact the way that it was being interpreted. But w- when I looked around me at the natural world, what I saw is it, this wildly diverse uh, tapestry of expressions from the same code, from the same starting point. Um, but it was the actual lived experience with that, you know, from that starting point yeah. that produced the differences and that that opened me up to start to think like you know maybe we can interpret ancient texts differently from one another and we're none of us are wrong <laughs> you know maybe we're just interpreting things differently and um and everyone can bring their own experience and their own and and also we can bring the history of that document into our interpretation of it right, right. um you know we can bring these things into our interpretation um and and that can be a fruitful thing that produces beautiful diversity um instead of instead of seeing that a, as such a static and rigid thing and somewhere Ken Ham sheds a tear and he knows not why <laughs> Yeah, he just he just got a stomach ache. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so here's a here's a quote from that chapter. So you you were talk you talk about in this paragraph. I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but you you talk about this agouti gene and these mice, and you talk about the interpretation of these cells. And you yeah. said the only you would say the only inc- incorrect analysis would be an exclusive, precise, and simple definition of the gene's outcome. You know, you say mm-hmm. to say the agouti gene produces a brown fur is correct, but to say that it produces only brown fur is incorrect so then at the end of the paragraph you say this you say our search for truth becomes less about preserving a concisely defined mandate and more about imagining the ways deep wisdom could be transformed in order to be meaningful in our current context boom Mm. like Mm -hmm. it was like it was like a mic drop you should have just put Mm. in parentheses (laughs) mic drop at the end of that um you know i think that for the three of us that has been one of the things that yeah. in ex, sort of in a, a bigger expanded view of God of the universe mm-hmm. of whatever has brought to us is this mm. beauty. I mean, I'm, I'm reading, you know, like a lot of Alan Watts and, you know, who was a mm. Buddhist and I'm reading his stuff and going, or Ram Dass and going, Oh my gosh, like what he's saying is, and, and it's made me think of things that Jesus said and go, Oh wait, yeah, Jesus was oh, from yeah. the East too. 
So yeah. like what he's what these two people are saying is essentially the same thing from the same yes. place from the same place. Like it was just a it has just it, it's really been a freeing a freeing thing. Oh, right. It it is beautiful when you know when we start to see these things resonating, like these same pieces of ancient wisdom resonating from all these different sources. And how much, uh, you know, how much more beautiful would our spiritual exploration be if we would take all of that in, you know, yeah. uh, and make room for all of that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. A lot, many paths my, up the mountain, so to speak. Yes. And in, in my, you know, in, in my experience, that only makes my, uh, you know, my faith or my, my spiritual uh, engagement stronger. Yeah. If yep. I, I bring in that diversity, the complete opposite of what I was warned against. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We, we all kind of made yeah. that same it, realization. It's like it's, it, yeah. It, it makes me think of, I thought about this today. The, uh, when Paul writes, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. That's the kind of freedom that he's talking yeah. about. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's that you can take all of these things that, that benefit, that are a benefit and just add them to what you already have. Yeah. Right. That, that you don't have to go, Oh, well that's a, that's Alan Watts that said that yeah. that's not a, yeah, he's really yeah, good, but he's a yeah. Buddhist. He's a Buddhist. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's how I probably all of us grew up is it was with that idea. Like, even though it sounds like it's a really good thing. Well, Gandhi said that and he's, you know, he, he's, right. he's in India and he's a Hindu. He, he, right. It's right. like, no, 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 no. If it's true, it's true. Right. Yeah. Yes. One of the one of the greatest minds of our time and, and friend of the podcast, uh, Michael Gunger, said on Twitter <laughs> recently, um, uh, if you if if you want to be free, let go. And I think freedom for us growing up wasn't it wasn't letting go. No, it was grasping. holding on. Yeah. It was digging in. It was we are right because of this, this, and this, and you are wrong because of this, this, and this. But we can all be right. We can all yes. be okay. Everything can be okay. And and mm-hmm. your rightness, but just because somebody else is experiencing it in a different way, doesn't make your rightness any more right or less right. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't nullify right. it. It, yeah. it doesn't take away yes. from, yes. Yeah, yes. And, and I, I have, I've, I feel like I've gone from... Um, I, I a place where um, one singular tradition uh, bothered me to now it being like that's fine as long as long mm. as mm. you're it's not to the detriment of other people as long right. as the way that you live you're not a dick and yeah. it, right. you're not living right. a life that yeah. that comes at the expense of others right so, yeah that's wheat and flour I don't know pro- if you know about that does it promote <laughs> freedom love grace humility, justice in for you and for others. Like if, if it does those things, I mean, right. it's, it's a winner. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. I, we're, I mean, I'm never going to get to all these questions. Uh, okay. So I want to make sure I get to a couple of these. For we got to sure. do a lightning round. Too. I know. I know. Uh, well, it's, that's quick. <laughs> it's by nature, a quick round. Um, um, <laughs> I'm adding questions. Lightning is fast. And by nature, it never is. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so let, I want to talk a little bit about identity. So you've got a chapter where you really talk about, uh, like, you know, growing up and I, this resonated with me big time as I was reading it, you know, the chapter is called identity in Christ. And you know, you mm-hmm. talked about how growing up you were taught that 
your entire identity was in Christ. Like anything else was crap, essentially. Like, right. you know, and anything else was just a detriment to that identity. So can you talk about your process of sort of tearing that down? I mean, for lack of a better word, deconstructing that and how you sort of rebuilt something else in its place? Yeah, yeah. So this, I think anyone who grew up in youth group culture can probably identify yeah. with that feeling. What was, your, what was your youth group's name? Did it have a catchy name? Oh, I haven't thought about this in years. <laughs> what was it called? Oh, Exodus. It was oh, called- yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Big Bob Marley fans. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Movement of Jaw people. It is indeed. Yeah. We, right. We had other names at certain points, but that was the main one. Um, yeah. What are some of your youth group names? Uh, I was, uh, but wait, was it Exodus without an E? Cause the X was always like, you know, extreme of it was without an E. Of course. <laughs> well, yeah, boy, the poor X got uh, abused, man, is in the, in the, like man. the nineties and I early two thousands. So much. Right, right. And then people were like, Zodus. What? How, how do you say <laughs> <Zodis>? this? <laughs> it's like a character on Star Trek. That's so great. So uh, I don't remember. Did ours have a We name? didn't have one. Yeah, I don't know that we that, did. That craze didn't hit until we were yeah, actually when, in youth ministry. But when we were when we were youth ministers, oh, man. Boy, we went all in on I that had shit. Alive for one. I had um there was another one that was super. Well, when cheesy. I was Michael and I I was the youth minister at Michael's church. Okay. And he was one of my sponsors and we had Sanctuary. Sanctuary, yeah. That was a big Sanctuary. one. My first yeah. church we had the well. And uh, the I was trying to the think spring. the other day. That was another one. That's the spring the may have been one, and then the fountain was one for the little kids. Like they're all water. Wow, themed. all water. Of I had to have yeah, themes. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to have themes. And water yeah. was huge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one when I was a youth pastor. One of them I did was called the line. I remember that. Uh, I had the t-shirt. Yeah, I had. A, it was a pretty good t-shirt. <laughs> they made yeah. a t-shirt. Out yeah, of they that? did. Uh, and that was due to you know I'll make you fishers of men. So fishing line really, yeah. really, oh. really. Some witty okay. shit there. Uh, what was the one? Have one? you ever been fishing? What was it? No, like yeah. twice. Yeah. Okay. Um, for men, yes, Michael. Okay. Every day. <laughs> every day. That's what this podcast is. That's if right. Nothing else. It's fishing yeah, it's, for men. It certainly is. I don't remember what it was though when we when I switched churches. I we are doing an it. altar call after this, right? We are. Right. Seeing all I nine verses so. of just as I am. I have decided. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's hilarious that it was Exodus without an E. That yeah. is that funny. Fantastic. Ever. Okay, so like back to identity. Like you. Right. So how did you? That's a good name for a youth group. What identity? Identity. Yeah. Identity. That's been done probably. Mm-hmm. But identity instead of the letter I is an eyeball. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome, youth ministers listening. Emoji I. But now it'd be identity. the identity. It'd be identity collective. Yeah. Right. You have to add collective right. to everything. There, yeah. The collective, to collective mosaic. You're right. So... Oh my God. We wow. we speak we speak fluent church. Yes, we do. Oh boy, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen how the sausage is made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We've tasted right. that sausage. Yes, we have. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in, in Exodus without an E, there was uh, so much emphasis on finding our identity in Christ. Like this, you know, we were supposed to um, only focus and care about our identity in Christ. And this was supposed to kind of take the place of any sense of like social standing. Although it, in effect, of course, we all know it just became a social 
status of yep. its own. Like, you Absolutely. know, who is the most? <laughs> yeah, who can be who the most Christian? to the Lord, yeah. yes. Right, so it became its own. Like, you know, that's the thing. You can't just find your identity in something else. We're always going to have our own individual identity. Um, so I, I again, um, the biological image that brings identity to mind is DNA. Um, this is the code that dictates who we are, that uh, produces all of our traits. And, and even though we know it's elaborately interpreted through a system of epigenetic, you know, uh, factors, even though that's the case, it's still our DNA that is determining who we are and, and what we look like and a lot of our behavior. Uh, so as I started to learn about DNA at, you know, at first, of course, it all makes sense. Like, yeah, this is my core identity. It stays the same. And in my mind, I kind of had this image when I was, um, you know, when I was growing up, I had this image of like, God would kind of, and it wasn't just an image in my head. I mean, I remember a lot of, um, like diagrams that, that we would see in, you know, in <laughs> gospel, whatever, gospel yeah. propaganda, yes, you know, yes. there was some image of like, I take out my heart and Jesus gives me a new heart. Of course, right. Right. Uh, so we the science watch- checks out on that, by the way. <laughs> hey, exactly. Like, yeah. Ken, Ken Ham science, maybe. <laughs> That's right. Questions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had this image of like my identity, I would give away my identity. I would give away the things that I hang on to that give me a sense of grounding, that give me a sense of meaning, that give me a sense of purpose, even that just the things I like to do, you know, or my talents, the things that I, that I feel like I'm good at, you know, uh, that I would just let go of those and I wouldn't care about those anymore. And Jesus would give me a new, a whole new set of things to care about, you know, yeah, mainly right. sharing the gospel. Right. Uh, but you know, as, as a kid growing up in that, it is a lot of, it's a lot of pressure and you kind of, you start to believe that God wants you to divorce yourself yep. from yourself. Yep. I, I mean, and not kind of you, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah, you're talking about. You know? Uh, so, so that, created a lot of just tension and confusion for me, especially because that exchange of my own heart for the new heart that Jesus was going to give me, that's what was going to determine if I went to heaven or hell. Like the stakes were pretty fucking high. Yeah, right. Like this. And it's like this. (laughs) There it is. Well, but it's like... (laughs) But it's like this, you know, the problem with it, especially as a kid, it's like this nebulous idea. Oh, you know, and and so you're as a, you know, I was baptized when I was eight. So technically I was, quote, saved at that point, I guess. And, you know, like like any eight year old can really come to any sort of understanding of what that might mean to have an identity in Jesus. Like, right. I got baptized when I was much more mature. I was nine at the time. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like you used really I, I look back on that. Out. I was 10. I was practically an adult. I look back on that and I thought, man, I think, man, I had no idea what I was doing. No clue. No clue what I was yeah. talking about. And yet that was the moment, according to my 
denominate or my non-denominational denomination that <laughs> yeah. you know, that non-denom denom that all of a sudden that was it that was the moment I was saved but I didn't right. have a clue like it it's just so weird like you look back on that stuff now and you go man that was just bizarre but when you're raised in it it isn't weird no yeah you don't realize like you know that this fiction. isn't normal right and this isn't like healthy and you're not supposed to know what that <laughs> right. I mean I still don't know right. I don't know what that means no I don't either yeah and, and uh, right no one's ever been able to really explain that to me <laughs> uh, so it's just confusing when you're a kid mm-hmm. you should ask 10 um, year old Matt he really mm-hmm. had that shit figured out I did man <laughs> I knew I wasn't supposed to tell dirty jokes at school anymore how long did that last? Uh, a week, and then I felt really bad and wanted to get rebaptized. <laughs> Double dunked. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I already ruined it. Uh, I will wash your sins <laughs> whitest as snow. Got to get a do-over. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> anyway, continue. If you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what helped me to open up this idea of identity uh, was something called horizontal gene transfer. So everyone we all knows know, about it. So it's fine. <laughs> uh, we all know where our genes come from, right? They come from our parents, and I always assumed, and this is you know the common what's commonly taught is that we inherit all of our genes and they stay the same for our whole lives, right? right? And uh, And that's kind of thought of as like, well, of course they would have to stay the same or else you wouldn't be you anymore, right? This is an identifying um, piece of us. Um, But horizontal gene transfer was actually discovered in this really interesting way. Uh, Bacteria, it was discovered in bacteria and then was shown to also occur in, in human cells. But Populations of bacteria, when they become resistant to antibiotics, that resistance is adopted on a genetic level. So there's actually a genetic change that occurs in a bacterial cell's genome when it becomes resistant to bacteria. But biologists were studying, you know, it in the earlier days of studying bacteria genetics, they recognized that this resistance was spreading throughout a population of bacteria faster than the duration of one generation. So they were not, they weren't like passing this gene on to their children, so to speak. Uh, these bacterial cells were somehow, it was spreading almost like it was contagious. That's crazy. Um, resistance. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's at a genetic level. There's a gene that is transferred, um, that is adopted into the genome. And somehow that was happening during the lifetime of one single bacterial cell. And then what they confirmed was that it was spreading like a contagion. This resistance gene was being uh, taken up by a, by a, you know, a bacterial cell's genome um, simply on the basis of proximity. Uh, It's just being picked up from its neighbor. Um, 
And and then uh, this was also observed in human cells. So it's not just a something unique to bacterial cells, but it happens really across living systems that identifying information, you know, and information that is part of the core identity can just be picked up out of nowhere. And the interesting part there is that it, it doesn't just get picked up. Um, but a cell over, if enough time goes by and that gene, um, it, the way that it's described in the literature is that if that gene no longer serves a meaningful function, then it can be simply dropped. It can be just cut out of the genome and it seems to happen kind of spontaneously. Uh, so I, this identifying material can just be picked up, um, and then dropped and, that something about that image just uh, it opened me up to to be a little more curious oh, about you know what what do I really pin my identity on? It doesn't have to be a permanent thing. I can pick things up and I can let them go uh, if they no longer yep. serve yep. a meaningful function. It's so each. comforting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. isn't it comforting? It's just it's reassuring. You know, like, yeah, it, I'm I'm not making a fundamental change. You know, it, growing up in fundamentalism, you just it, it's like you're you're just scared of everything. You feel yes, like yeah. you feel like the stakes are always so high and you're always in danger of going to hell for something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that image that occurs across living things, uh, including our own bodies, where identity is, it, like identity is crowdsourced. Identity is picked up from neighbors, and then just released. If it doesn't, you know, if it's yeah. no longer meaningful, just let it go. Yep. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Right. And I and I think so, that's important. And I think yeah. what I've realized it goes back to that that it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Like that's the freedom it to, oh, this thing has served me uh, for X amount of time. Doesn't serve me anymore. I'm going to drop it. And the thing that's interesting, it's really hard to explain to people who don't understand that, yeah. i.e. our parents. Our parents. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the example I had in my mind is that to explain to them, oh, no, no, no. Like, I I have more life now than I've ever had before because yeah. I hold everything so mm -hmm. loosely. If if, mm -hmm. if something doesn't serve me, I let it go. Yeah. If it's not, yes. if it's not bringing me joy or if it's not bringing me life, it's not bringing me making me into more compassionate, loving, forgiving, gracious person, I'll drop it. Yeah. If so, and if something is doing that, I will hold on to it until it but, no longer but does loosely. that. But loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Until it no longer yeah. does that, and then I'll let it go. Or I find something else that takes me to a different level. I'll hold on to that for a little while loosely. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to explain to people how freeing. fucking freeing it that is, is man. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, is, it is the most freeing feeling in the world. I've never felt more free than I do at 43, at almost 43 years old. Like I've never felt mm -hmm. this free in my life for that reason. Yes. Yeah. And back to a uh, friend of the pod, Michael Gunger, I'm <laughs> reading his book right now. Ooh, it's a good oh, it's so good. Yeah, love it. So it is just, it's beautiful. Yeah. It really, it's one of those that I have to take really slowly yeah. Um, yeah. because I'm, I feel like I'm just getting so much richness out of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and he talks about the importance of never believing your beliefs yeah. and that just 
resonated with me so deeply. Uh, like just make, you know, drink whatever Kool-Aid you want to drink, but just make sure you're not really, you know, you're not really buying into it. Uh, make sure you understand <laughs> yeah. like this isn't, you know, this works in some ways, but it is not the ultimate. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. So okay, I've so- got like, I don't know, 16 other questions. We're not going to get to them, but uh, I'll, I'll finish with this. Are, are you working on anything cool right now? Like, as, are you, I'm assuming you do research mm-hmm. science still. I, so actually I did research science for a long time. Okay. I'm, I'm working as a medical writer now. Okay. Uh, so I write about medical devices. Um, Interesting. Which I think is pretty fun. But it is. In, yeah. Yeah. I, I get to, you know, learn about a lot of common devices and then a lot of kind of new, newer stuff. Uh, when I worked in a lab, I worked on the biological process of aging. And I, oh. I found that to be really, really fascinating. Uh, it, it's, Is it true that they're going to reverse aging within the next 20 years? Yep. So it's wild because, I mean, my like my gut response is like I don't think, uh, you know I don't think we could ever really harness cell like cell life to that degree. But I mean these are all just these are all just pathways. These are all just like molecular processes. And if we can find you know like theoretically yeah you could manipulate them. You know we could turn them around. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen. Really? But yeah. It's okay. okay. The, the world's going to destroy itself in 20 years anyway, so it that doesn't matter. Exactly. Like it, <laughs> Earth is. Cool. Earth I can be long. I can be around longer to burn up. Like, the Amazon's on fire right yeah, now. Nobody gives a yeah. shit. It's, right. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get there. Yeah, that is fascinating, think. though. But, but yeah, it, I mean, in theory, yeah, it's a, it's such a fascinating process because it's all just it's just molecules it's just reactions you know and and this trend that all of our bodies undergo um the aging process it you know it's it can be seen down to a cellular on a cellular level there are really profound chemical differences um that take place chemical changes that take place in our cells that produce you know, the aging effect. Um, so I worked in a lab on that and that, that was fascinating. That's interesting. I'm actually working. It's interesting that you say that I'm working on a teaching right now. We have like a Patreon teaching series or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm working on one right now about the spiritual implications of like anti-aging. Oh, I, was, I was reading wow. about, I was reading about some of that. I, I went down a rabbit hole. Like, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, there are some scientists that believe within the next, 20 to 25 years we can significantly reverse it meaning like you could have 80 year olds that look like 20 year olds and i'm sort of trying to you know base my argument on i'm not sure that spiritually speaking that's super healthy um Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i think that we can learn a lot from our bodies decaying yes uh yeah especially you mentioned ecclesiastes a couple times in the book and i was right with you that's like Mm. become one of my favorite books of the bible um, awesome. and I, I think that there is something to be said, spiritually speaking, that I think that the cycle of dying, which we are all dying essentially, 
yeah. is, is, can be a, a really great, can be one of our greatest teachers. But if, mm-hmm. you know, so what are the implications if like you're 80 and, but you don't, you feel like you're 20 and your body's looks like it's 20 and you're not decaying. What, you know what I mean? Like, I feel yes. like there's some, we, there can be some weird negative stuff that I'm not sure. I feel like a lot of times our science gets way ahead of our ethics. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I mean, I, the first time I heard about it, I think that's a whole other podcast. Well, we it is. The first time I heard about CRISPR, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was like, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. You get this in the hands of the this wrong exactly people. Which just came to mind. Yeah, you get that in the hands of the wrong people, and man, are we in trouble. We're done. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a lot of that. We have more powerful tools than we know what to do yes, with. Yes. Yeah. So that is, that may be for another another topic, for another uh, podcast right. at some point. Maybe we'll have you back on and talk about the ethics of science. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm making a note. Yeah, do that. Love That's it. why you always leave a note. Okay, so uh, do you have time for a, a quick lightning round? Love it. Okay. Okay, um, what is your beverage of choice? Beverage of choice. Doesn't have uh, to be alcohol. It can be anything. Anything LaCroix. Oh, Real man. basic like that. Very yeah. basic. Um, <laughs> what is the last album you listened to start to finish? Uh, the 1975, uh, their second one. Okay. I like it when you, it has a really long name that's, <laughs> always kind of makes me chuckle it's like i like it when you sleep because you are beautiful and yet so unaware of it it's like you know <laughs> they, knew, they knew they were being kind of cute and silly we're good we're googling it currently yeah nice. uh it is called one. oh that's not it no it's on a conditional no oh here it is i like oh. it i like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so and it stops but it keeps going but it <laughs> oh yeah, so unaware of it. There it is. There yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. There Boy, that we is go. A, that is a title. That's really something. What is uh, your favorite movie that you've seen in the last year? It doesn't necessarily have to have come out this year, mm-hmm. but you have to have watched it in the last year. Roma. Ooh, I haven't Roma. seen that. I've heard really good things about that. It was, it was amazing. Biopic it was about uh, Roma Downey Jr. No. Nope. Sure isn't. Uh, it's Boy, a Roma Downey Jr. Downey- Wait, Roma Downey Roma Downey. Not it's Roma Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. But it is Roma Downey, Iron Man, Michael. Right? Isn't Roma Downey a person? I think so. Yes. I don't know, Michael. He's a person. Roma. Yes. Roma, Roma Downey is a person. It's Iron Man's mom. Oh, God. 59 years old. Amazing. According to this. Uh, what? Uh, oh, do, you, uh, do you drink coffee? I do. Okay, how do you yes. like your coffee? I love, yeah, I love coffee. I drink it black. Nothing in it. Do you have a favorite, uh, like a favorite bean? A favorite bean? Yeah. Uh, like origin, like region. Like, like, like minor, like Ethiopian coffees are my oh, jam. Oh, I I mean, all of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like that. Yeah. Not yeah. discerning. Yeah. I had a Colombian roast recently that was real, real good. Nice. Yeah. Um, What's your, do you have, okay. Everyone asks us a question. Uh, do you have how are you, how do you feel about science fiction? Science fiction, I I like it. I can't say I've ever been like into it. She's lived. If it, that bro. makes sense, I feel mm, this she is, is probably going to be it's going to be the most eye roll worthy <laughs> response ever. But I feel like like the real world, like the nonfiction science, is just crazy enough that like we can just sort of talk about that, and that'll be 
you know yeah like that entertains there's me. a lot of weird there's, there's, a lot of weird shit going on in the science say, world there yeah, ain't your exactly. chance of being there's my friend there's a lot of weird shit going on it is like I, the more i look at like quantum mechanics and then the, a lot of the cell science you get into like it seems like the smaller our science gets the weirder everything the weirder seems to get it gets man yes. it's yeah. weird yeah um uh, do you believe in the multiverse uh oh absolutely yeah nice sweet I just watched Spider Man into the Spider into the uh, Spider Verse. Oh, that's a great that's a movie. fantastic movie. If you haven't watched that, even if you don't, in our, in, I'm not really into superheroes. It's so stuff. good. That movie is fantastic. The animation or, is the animation nice. out of this world. Yeah, and the I've soundtrack. Only, yeah, I soundtrack haven't seen it yet. Ass. It's great. It's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, so if you get that's a chance. My next one. Yep. Yeah. Um, what is the best sitcom theme song? <laughs> oh, that's a new one. Sitcom <laughs> theme song. You're the first one to get to answer that question. Uh, pro- I mean, the Seinfeld, the, oh, you that's know, pretty baseline. Iconic. Yeah. baseline. Yeah. Can't get better. Pretty iconic. Uh, I'll be there for you. No, that's no. not Seinfeld. That's <laughs> and that I was, know. I, not... I know that. <laughs> God. That song sucks. God, um, it blows so bad. The, the Friends theme yeah. song. Yeah. I heard cool. it in a Starbucks recently, and I was like, what are you doing? I heard it in the factory. I'm like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Um, what goes on a hot dog? Uh, mustard. Yellow mustard. Oh, see, she's one of my favorite guests. Well, she didn't say ketchup. Does, but you can ketchup, put does, Okay, here's a question. Does ketchup belong in a hot dog? Uh, not my hot dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love it. The end of this podcast is going to be, be because of that hot dog question. I'm pretty convinced. No, I love it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, is there a sound or noise that you love the most? Man, where did you come up with these? I, I've been workshopping. These no are... <laughs> I would say um, any sound a cello makes. I love cello. Oh man, yeah, yeah, you did talk about how you used to play cello. That is, oh, yeah, yeah. my That's favorite string yeah. instrument. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, and one, one last one. If you were a Care Bear, which one would you be? Oh, I don't even know what the Care Bears are. I don't either. Happy, grumpy, <laughs> oh, no. sleepy. You might want to know. No, those that's, those the, that's the <laughs> Lionheart is one. Sleepy. <laughs> I think you're thinking Dr- the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> sleepy, drunky. <laughs> I'd be the drunky bear. That's great. No. I don't know what any of them are. I don't either. either. Um, I have no bedtime clue. bear, birthday bear, cheer bear. <laughs> Michael, ask bear, her a, di- a better question. Sunshine bear, good luck bear, grumpy bear, love a lot bear, tender heart bear. Michael, and wish stop bear. what you're doing right now. Those are the those are the ten original Care Bears. I'd be birthday bear. There you go. Sounds like a good Is there an extended Care Bear universe? She likes to party. Oh, that that's that'll be the next one. They're gonna. She likes the nightlife. She likes to boogie. <laughs> 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 all right where, where, where can people find you online yeah so the best way to find me is at my website uh, Uh you can find me on instagram at ep jeffries on twitter at ep jeff and the best way to stay in touch is to sign up for my email subscription list oh, nice. be the first to know Do about it. anything coming up yeah. Excellent. Okay, and the book is Through the Kaleidoscope, How Exploring Cell Biology Transforms My Relationship with God. Buy it. Read it all. Don't yeah, it's just, great. Don't just skip to the last chapter because Brad hyped it up. Read the whole thing. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, yeah, that the last chapter is great. But um, I think it's going to really resonate with a lot of our listeners, just mm-hmm. especially how much you talk about your experience growing up. And I think it's just people are going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like it, it kind of makes people mm-hmm. feel a lot less alone. <laughs> 
So <laughs> very oh, good. That's wonderful to hear. So we will we will recommend uh, recommend this book highly. And so, we need to have have you back on to talk about ethics. Yeah, science and yes. ethics. science and ethics. I think that's let's a, do it. I've got the note. Happen. Yeah, we we might be in touch with you in the next uh, few months to cool. make that happen. Awesome. So. Elizabeth, this was wonderful. Yep. Yep. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for your I time, man. It. We just ate up a lot of your time. So thank Sorry. you so much. Oh, I love it. Well spent. <laughs> now that you've in your sea, I might puke in my own can tell us what you think. I don't know. If I didn't puke last night, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably be flying. Did you puke? No. I woke up feeling not so fresh about 2.30 in the morning and kind of wondered. <laughs> oh, I woke up at like 3 and had to pee really I was just full. Man. Like, I was so full from last night, man. The food was unbelievably good. Feedback. <sighs> no five oh, stars. No one cares a shit anymore. Yeah. Neither do we, so why would anyone else? Nobody cares. All right. Um, was a goddamn lie. <laughs> Michael Desire. Michael, you just did it. You don't have to. God damn it. Brad? Hmm? You got any tweet, tweets? Any twats to tweet? No, are we still doing that? Well, you said occasionally you would read some tweets. Oh, uh, we had like one. Uh, yeah, I'm glad everybody's participating. Well, we don't read them anymore, so nobody right. cares. Slow uh, down to the Pastors Podcast. This is from I Seen Nothing at Brandon Evans 619. <laughs> Uh, Pastors Podcast, new Patreon idea, uh, Patreon idea, regular podcast, except it's just two hours of drinking and reading from the list of funny band names. I'm, I'm, hashtag, I'm wouldn't be, hashtag wouldn't be hard to find a hashtag. Let's just no. get rid of Foofy, and we'll just do, <laughs> we'll all bring our hymnals, we'll do In Bed, the game In Bed, where you read the hymn, and then Oh, we can do bed. that too. I tried to early on in this podcast, and you guys shoo-shoo. That's because we thought it. this would mean something yeah all but right. d- now we clearly know it doesn't no. so all right we're play bringing the, uh, back in bed play the hashtag theme all right well damn it come on <laughs> really really sorry to elizabeth well, we for big part of this. i apologize for now nothing she knew what she was getting herself into it if she didn't that's her fault hashtag the finger bone of jesus hashtag we grade your bones connected to <laughs> Hashtag we graduated to the penile ossification. <laughs> Hashtag we graduated from the same high school. Hashtag I thought I was a valedictorian the whole time. Hashtag the kiss of death. That's my nickname in high school. Yes. Hashtag wrapped in bacon stuffed with cheese. It's kind of a dark horse for me. I kind of like that one. Hashtag we've tasted that sausage. Hashtag Exodus without without an E. Hashtag my you know breath. what I really wish when we talk about the mice, I would have said smothered in gravy, Texas style. <laughs> and you and I are the only ones that are going to get that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do restrain ourselves, by God, the way. God, I love it. Hashtag Exodus without an E. Hashtag my breasts are small and humble. <laughs> Nope. Hashtag. That is absolutely not happening. Last rope. Thro- oh, that's the standard. <laughs> yes. Even though my breasts are small and humble. Our last four pot. Our our last three have been well. Lick my clit, Andy. A bush in the face and human hammer. But we're gonna draw the line. And my breasts human are hammer small and humble. Alone. Well, lick my clit, Andy. God. <laughs> 
Speaking of jumping the shark, this podcast. I totally, the shark. I totally forgot about that. I stand by Lick My Clit. <laughs> Poor Aunt B. Oh. <laughs> Aunt B is dead to me. Oh. Uh, hashtag blast rope through the scrambler. <laughs> hashtag Mickey and the Dukes. I like blast rope. That's great. Hashtag these vultures have seen some shit. Hashtag hard as a diamond in a snowstorm. <laughs> and then hashtag the new tool album. <laughs> uh, got hashtag not on my hot dog. <laughs> no. Hashtag blast rope. That's hashtag factory muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> hashtag suns out, shapeless guns out. <laughs> hashtag the poor man's evanescence. <laughs> hashtag creamed into the void. <laughs> I said it. I didn't think anybody got it. Uh, hashtag the vanilla ice of science. Hashtag Brooke Spank the Monkey. <laughs> Hashtag oh. Tube Style. <laughs> Hashtag Decidedly Not Irish. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Rubber Dicking. <laughs> That's got to be on Urban Dictionary. Hashtag, hashtag skin pocket. Skin pocket. Hashtag, skin pocket. that was your vast deference, you dipshit. <laughs> hashtag penile ossification. Okay, I think it's going to have to be that. Nope. Hashtag pushing femur. <laughs> 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 rubber dicking is in is a uh, urban dictionary it's when two men slap their flaccid dicks together and have them bounce back like rubber Example, when Rob and Jim could not give one another an erection, a little rubber dicking was in order. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, Michael. Uh, Is that all you got? Uh, Is that all? Yes. I've got hashtag hot and ready. (laughs) No, because you're a terrible person. Uh, hashtag old tube style 13 inch. <laughs> so, I do like this old tube style. It's pretty good. Old man. world style. Old tube style. Uh, rubber dicker. <laughs> Didn't touch her. Uh, no, you definitely did. Uh, hashtag Gimli, son of Gloin. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag penile ossification. <laughs> I really like 
like that a lot. <laughs> Exodus without an E. Taste that sausage. <laughs> Tasted that sausage. Double dunked. And this, honestly, like, this broke me during the interview that I didn't say this. You're a bad person. I'm, I bad literally... Person. I have three pictures of you. From the... <laughs> I had to get up from the interview to not burn because I felt like I had interrupted her enough with my stupidity. I had to get up and cry in the corner, laughing so hard. But uh, here, here, here's was the here, this was the comment I did not say. Hashtag horizontal gene transfer was my nickname in high school. <laughs> and and a dark horse, Roma Downey Jr. <laughs> I don't know. My, from my list, mine, my vote is pushing femur. Ooh, blast rope through the scrambler. That's pretty Blast great. rope through the scrambler. No, I like pushing. Or just blast rope. Pushing femur is just really succinct and nice. I don't know. Rubber dicker. I feel like we'll regret not using No, we're not doing dicker rubber here. dicker, Michael. No, we're not. Oh. Elizabeth was a wonderful person. Oh, so we're going to go with... Pushing femur, because that's way better. There's no innuendo there at all. Well, but it's at Jesus. least a little. It's at least a little more like you biological. Have to, you have to think about it a little bit. Horizontal gene transfer. Come on, let's do it. Nickname in high school. Pushing femur. <laughs> I really like it. Okay, I'm fine with that. All right. If you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag pushing femur. We might read your comments. Who knows? Um, yeah, we're on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. At Paul and Matt. At nope. MJ Basinger. Can you believe we've done almost 180 episodes no, of this shit? I don't believe it. That's God. crazy, Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. We're on Instagram and GloriousPastors.com. What are we doing? I know, it's so fun. This podcast comes from listeners like you. So much good content. <laughs> we have made the world 180 episodes worse. I don't know, man. We've saved a few people. We really there. turned it around, if you know what I mean. 180 <laughs> degrees. Oh, yeah. 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 Joke for next week. Boy, Check have we ever. Ingloriouspastors.com, jizzmuzzle.com, um, patreon.com slash pastorspodcast to support us and get all that jizzmuzzly goodness. More content coming, people. More hot content. You can... Uh, and thank you all who do support us. Yeah, thank you. thanks. We really do appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, hot content so you can blast rope to the scrambler. <laughs> I feel like we're going to regret blast rope. Like any good Christian would do. Yeah, I know, right? That's a decidedly Jesus can't vibe. see you blasting rope through the scrambler. It is 934. God damn it. <laughs> hey, dog, shut up. Stand up, dog. She's sweet. She is sweet. <laughs> I like my dog. Do you guys Winners. hear about dogs and bounty hunter? Wife no. died. I know, Michael. It was like six months ago. She's dead to me. I, wow, you're a god. You're, you're just a, a bad fucking person. savage, man. Jeez.